Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 154. I'm your host, M, joined with my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello. And we are joined by a special guest, Molly. Hi. Is this your first Abnormal Mapping? No, I was on the Lost Odyssey episode. Oh, right. Yeah. I only Damn. come on the show to play RPGs, which is funny because I don't play them normally most of the time. Yeah. Our no, two Final cool. Fantasy guests are the not the people that I think of as the Final Fantasy people in our friend group. Yeah. Because Lost Odyssey counts as a Final Fantasy. Yes. Because <laughs> that's absolutely a Final Fantasy episode. Uh, yeah. And Austin's been on too. And Austin's not a Final Fantasy guy. But, you know, what's well, how it worked out. The episodes are good. Um yeah uh i was gonna get into it uh molly would you like to briefly introduce yourself what you do oh yeah uh hi i uh (laughs) i went to a bunch of other podcasts i'm on uh abnormal mapping on journal updated uh which is another game club that uh we host over there um we just there when you listen to this there will soon be an episode on tacoma out which i thought was pretty fun um i also uh do totally reprise uh, where we just played Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, and then also Eidolon, which is an actual play. Uh, and also I played Final Fantasy XV one time. Twice. Two times yeah. now. Two but. times, yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we we brought you on um, because you and me are, have been Final Fantasy XV uh, defenders since we both played it like two, three years ago. Yeah, when I bought my PS5, it was on, like, the free games you get for, mm-hmm. like, because we don't have any games on the PS5, so here's some from the PS4. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was like, oh, M's playing Final Fantasy XV, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, uh, when, I got, when I got my uh, Xbox Series X, I was like, damn, there's sure no new games on this, I'll finally <laughs> no play video- Final they Fantasy XV. didn't 15 release any video games. Because it'll run better, uh, which is And then is there's true. the... The most important video about the new consoles at the time, obviously, is the Digital Foundry video where Richard Legata is like, I know what you're here to see. Final Fantasy 15. He was right. You're he running was right. at 60 that, that frames video, a second. That video is probably why I pl- finally played Final Fantasy 15. I'll be honest. But 100% correct of the sentiment of what's the exciting thing about these new consoles? Oh, maybe Final Fantasy 15 runs at, you know, 60 and doesn't take 7 million years to load. Yeah, that's true. Um... So thank you, Molly. Originally, you were here to back me up in case Jackson hated this game. Not a problem. We're all big fans of Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize that's why you had me on. Well, that wasn't I think actually the original, true. I think the original plan at some point was for Jackson to have played this like a year and a half ago and have you want to do a very casual just like mid-month episode. Yeah. And then, as usual, somebody dragged ass forever. Um, well, no, that, we were, this episode was on the books like over a year ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and this was this was a, there was a calamity of my wrist situation. This was a yes. yeah. This was a no, wrist explosion. Um, and then it became a real one because I was like, yeah, I want to be on that. I'll talk about Final Fantasy 15. Someone's got to. Yeah, because it it was always a plan, but it was like you know, I thought it was going to be on the list. If you've already played it, we this whole podcast is talking about Final Fantasy every five seconds. We it's can't true. cover every game in every podcast, but it turns out we can actually. This isn't true. I will be doing a 13 podcast at some point, uh, but that won't, M won't be on that. I am one. not going to be darning you on that, no. But I'm currently playing it. And I have vague, unannounced plans to... I'm fairly sure what I'm doing, I'm, but, uh, you know, not enough to be say it publicly. But M will not be involved. That, that one will no. be the, like, I'm, I'm tying the bow off myself. Yeah. I'm sick, by the way, if anyone couldn't tell. You know, you're doing all right. Yeah, okay. you sound fine. All right. I mean, I you sound sick, like, but you sound You're fine. like 80% of usual. I think it's fine. Um, anyway, we have to do our real shit here. Uh, Jackson, what have you played this month that's not Final Fantasy XV? Anything? Well, Final Fantasy XIII, so no. Okay. <laughs> I played 
40 hours of that. Um, did I play anything else? No, not really. I've, I was, uh, it's, there was a lot of RPG gaming uh, and I'm very excited to continue it. But like I say, I moved on to a different RPG after, after finishing this one. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Molly, you got to come through clutch on this one. I, uh, I've played like 500 hours of Coral Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like once, well, like a thousand hours of Coral Island. Um, Describe what Coral Island is yeah, for the audience. I, yeah. Uh, it is a it is a farming sim uh, in the style of what if we took Stardew Valley and put it in 3D, uh, mostly, much in the way that Stardew Valley was like, nobody makes Harvest Moon anymore, I'm going to make my own. Um, so, it's, I mean, it, there's nothing to it more than what's in Stardew Valley, right? Like, it's all just the same shit presented again in a new way, um, and for whatever reason, it got me so bad. Uh, I, I have been playing it basically nonstop. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm like raising all my cows and my, and my sheep and I have, you know, I got a bunch of wheat fields and stuff and meteors keep hitting my goddamn farm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, is there anything distinct about this one other than it's on an island? Um, it has like this component where like you want to, uh, it has the thing where there's like a cave you go in and you have to go down like a hundred floors or whatever. So no, Um, (laughs) but there's also a second dungeon type thing that's in the ocean where you have to clear a bunch of trash out of the water. Oh, okay. Um, and then you meet mermaids uh, down there and then they give you a potion so you could be a mermaid if you want to when you're in the water. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Uh, the the thing that really, I think that what really got me to keep playing it was like, oh, they added like a secondary dungeon I can do. Uh, so like, usually I finish the first cave thing really fast in these games and then I'm like, well, I'm out of shit to do. Doesn't uh, start there was a, a second, second dungeon? One. It does, but it's just another cave out yeah, in the desert. True. It's really yeah. annoying to get to. Um, I don't know if they've like improved on that at all. I haven't played much Stardew since like release. Um, but it was always really annoying to try and go out there. And there's stuff at the bottom of that cave, but the time that you need to invest to do that and you can't start in there at the beginning of the day makes it really annoying. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, uh, but mostly that and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is not as much. I mean, I've been trying to play more fighting games, uh, and I bought a fighting stick for the first time. Uh, so that's been that's been interesting. It's really hard to use that shit. Uh, yeah, it takes <laughs> some adjustment. As somebody who was not like an arcade gamer ever, uh, it's weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I am. Um... Because I was playing fighting games like on a controller for many years, but like only very, very casually. Uh, when I switched to a uh, fight stick, I did actually uh, find it improved me pretty quickly. Um, but that was also because I was like, I hadn't tried to. I had just casually played fighting games with a pad. I hadn't like learned them with you know. You you are right. pretty decent yes. at Street Fighter with a pad, so I, sh- I imagine that's a harder adjustment. Other than like, cause when I got a fight stick, I was like, I'm going to take this briefly seriously. It was the first time I'd ever done that. Yeah, when I was playing Street Fighter Six, switching off of the pad, it was a lot of weird, like, I know what I want to do, but I don't know which of these buttons do it, and that made mm-hmm. it harder. Yeah. Um, playing Grand Blue Fantasy versus having never touched a pad with that game uh, is making the fight stick way easier. Yes. I saw they announced the roster and mostly just fucked you over. Yeah, they're never going to put Sand Dolphin in this game. It's fine. Whatever. I'll live. I assumed he was one of the main characters, the way you post about him. 
he's he was basically a main character for like five years he's not anymore because they were like we have to stop making events about the same guy during the anniversary every year we have to actually we have to actually feature the rest of the cast at some point and i'm like no you don't but okay is he gonna be in um, relink i probably not based on the way <laughs> based on everything i've said i have no idea i know they added uh the bow girl i like to relink okay yeah i don't know um I, actually, while while you're in Grambling, man, I will have I have Grambling questions about Relink that I could do oh, sure. this podcast to ask. Uh, what is Relink a, a Grambling like in the same universe? Are you like what's its relationship to the mobile game? I guess and the story of that thing. Um, as far as I know, it's going to be like I I think it's supposed to be after the first arc of of Grand Blue, uh, which is you know the basic. Um, Jesus Christ, what happens in the first arc of Grand Blue? I. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's like after the first main stuff, so like the main uh, cast is established. But as far as I know, it's got a weird side story thing going on. I'm actually not entirely sure what they're doing, but I know it has like nothing to do with what's happening in actual mobile game Grand Blue Fantasy. Well, yeah, because they've been making it for five years. Yeah. Well, yeah, if not longer. If not significantly like longer, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they've been delaying this game the entire time I've been playing Grand Blue Fantasy. They have, absolutely. Um, it yeah. looks cool from the outside, but I'm I'm definitely thinking like, will I be lost, Grambly wise? Because they're gonna be like, you're gonna remember this guy from the mobile game. Like, I don't play gotchas. I'm no, normal. You're gonna you're gonna be fine because every chapter in Grambly starts with a uh, recap of the last chapter you just played. Oh, um, great, excellent. Like you know, because they cannot stop repeating themselves. It's like Persona Five. That's free content. <laughs> yeah. If you recap every time, you're good to go. That's like one of the if each, if each chapter is four blips that you have to get through that has like a little story beat. Uh, if two if one or two of those blips are recap, you're good. Listen, that's less writing you have to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, I have also not been gaming as much this month. You're movie moded. I got movie mode a little bit, but um, what I got, I uh played the third birthday. Uh, which is. is the third Parasite Eve game. Uh, <laughs> yes. The 2010 PSP uh, game by Tabata, the director of Final Fantasy 15. I played this like kind of right after I finished 15. Um, honestly, it, it had nothing to do with the 15-ness about it. I watched a video from a guy on YouTube that me and Jackson like called Obushu's Games about it. And I was like, this seems all right. I'm kind of chilling and uh, played through that. Um, it is a perfectly average PSP third person shooter and how you feel about that is your own business. <laughs> I was going to say I have no idea what average third person PSP shooter actually comes out well, to. It's, it, you know it's it, a it's a game about moving and shooting on a console PSP, with one yeah. stick. Yeah, so probably uh, not good. And it's also and, like a, I assume it's a post monster hunter mission based game. It's weird cuz like it's not it's not as mission based as it is like you're going to play the game again. Like some of the unlocks are like play through the game like 10 times. Because the game itself is only like four hours long and it's like six levels big. Um, okay. And if you're skipping the cutscenes, you just blow through it. Um, and uh, so it's way more about like doing that with different because you get more like you get like these modifiers that like increase your capacity. They're like you have this like grid of like uh, upgrades to like your reload speed and your damage and your resistance and all those things. And um, you get more of those as you play through. So on a second playthrough, you would have more of that. Thus the game would get faster as you went. Um, 
and you you're upgrading the guns. There's like a whole there's a whole goddamn Metal Gear. Uh, was it portable? No, it was four. They introduced the big grid of guns you can buy. Big grid of guns um, in that game. And I playing through it, I unlocked about like ten percent of the guns one time. That's, that's oh, from wow. five. Okay. The grid's from five. Is it from five? Full. Okay, I grid, thought it was it? from the. Um, does Drebin not have a? Gr- I mean, he unlocks a lot of guns for you. You don't unlock the you unlock the guns in Metal Gear by finding them on the floor and bringing them to Drebin. Drebin, you buy the upgrades from. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the, but as someone who did not want to spend my time collecting guns, I got very few guns playing Metal Gear Solid Four. Uh, the 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 grid is is it's from Five, but it's an extension of the menus from Peaceful. It's very Peaceful Cree, I would assume, because that was the yeah. same same year, I think. Anyway, um, the plot of the third birthday is meant to be like a, we're going to reintroduce uh, Ayabrea and the ideas of Parasite Eve in a game about her having no memory and fucking time traveling. And it's what? it's it's it is truly incomprehensible. Um, killed the franchise dead, obviously. Uh, it wouldn't introduce shit to anybody. Um, it, it, if you want some like bad uh, like OVA cheese um it's fine it's not as good at that as like parasite eve was um and you want to run around i would say play this on a vita or a uh i play on my steam deck where you can map the face map the d-pad which is your camera control to the right stick like a normal video game and have a good time uh if you so desire but uh, it's it's like a totally mid game i had a pretty good time but it's it's like nothing worth going out of your way for Camera on the D-pad yeah, is a horror sentence. No, that's normal. That's, that's, that's the, the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's the PSP. It's yeah. the PSP. You I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But it sounds awful. Uh, well, yeah, mostly yeah. you're running down straight hallways and like t- like locking on to like weird monsters. So you only really need to turn the camera once you like change rooms. Um, yeah. Because it's a PSP game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. There's Yeah. There's not that much uh, room to work with. And then there's a whole thing with like you she's in the she's like time traveling, but she's doing it by jumping into people's bodies and like possessing them. So you only have whatever guns are on a person. And then once they're like ammo's out, you have to jump to another person and they all have their own health bar. So like if you if they die when you're in their body, you die. So you have to like make sure that you're constantly refreshing your person. You know how in episode Ignis, he only you can never pick up ammo. You just have to get a new gun. That's straight out of uh, third birthday. Well, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you at this very time, in this very moment. Uh, third birthday is developed by Hexadrive, developers of Episode Ignis in Final oh, Fantasy 15. Okay. Because they feel very, very similar. We um, mean Episode Prompto, yes? Episode, episode Prompto, oh, sorry. sorry. Prompto, not okay. Ignis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they help, with a lot of, they help with 15, they help with Type, they also yeah. help with Type 0, they've done this collaboration. But they did these collaborations on 15, and then... After this, after the 15 stuff ends, they did another collaboration with another developer about another DLC. They made uh, the Resident Evil 7 Not a Hero DLC. Yeah, that's the one that's like a weird Metroidvania Call of Duty. That DLC fucking rips. Yeah, I'm just oh, like direct huh. line of like weird things that M's been playing. Yeah. Um, uh, well, here's the funny thing is I finished 15, then I played the third birthday, and I like had done episode Gladio while we were doing this. But I finished third birthday and literally got up from my bed, went to the TV, turned on Final Fantasy 15, and started episode <laughs> Prompto. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck happened here? Uh, well, amazing. That's ridiculous. Um, I, then I played, uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. Uh, oh, yeah. the Mercury Steam sequel to Castlevania Lords of Shadow, the truly terrible reimagining of Castlevania as a fake God of War. Yeah. Um, when I played Lords of Shadow or tried to play Lords of Shadow for journal and did not get very far. I hated Lords of Shadow. I hated yeah, Mirror I Fate. Did I did not think it was Fate. good. Uh, Lords of Shadow 2. 
I think is mostly better, mostly because it's like way smaller in scope. It doesn't have the big Titanic boss battles because they don't have money for that. Like none of the set pieces are as like grandiose. You can just hit an option in the accessibility to not have to do any of the button mash QTEs, just like auto oh, QTE, dude. which incredible. Um, and in that way, it, is, it just becomes kind of like a post Batman uh, at, like action game. Uh, he still has the same stuff where it's like, oh, there's like the the big claws that break uh, the break guard. And then there's like the ice sword, uh, which heals you when you attack. And then like the normal whip, though, he's a vampire now. So it's a blood whip made of his own blood and not the vampire killer whip, which is very silly. Um, and you go around like this fucking mod like near future city and fight a bunch of the minions of Satan because they're trying to bring Satan back because it went real bad for Satan last time he fucked with you in the first game. Um, and it's okay. It's totally fine. Um, it goes on too long, much like Lords of Shadow, not as long as Lords of Shadow, thank God. Um, as the last Castlevania game, it's like really disappointing because it's the last Castlevania game they ever made. Um, but as like a sequel to two games I fucking hated, I was like, yeah, this one's all right. <laughs> yeah. Is, is Castlevania just dead? Is it yes. dead? Okay. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Dead, dead. I wouldn't want... I wouldn't want Konami to bring it back. I, you know, Silent yeah. Hill television show streaming somewhere disappointing people right now. <laughs> right. That's true. Um, and then the last game I played this month was Air Combat. The uh, the first game in the Ace Combat series. Uh, this was in arcades, but I played the PlayStation version. Uh, came out in 95, which is, um, hey, have you played Ace Combat? It's Ace Combat. They just had it from the jump. Uh, it's wild how much that has not changed one bit in in almost 30 years at this point, um, because you you get planes, you go on missions, you lock on, you do rolls, uh, you get some wingmen. Um, there's a whole like select things from the map. The one thing it doesn't have is like anime cutscenes or like a complex story. It's like you're you're fighting against the this like. Seemed like it was like an internal coup. I don't really know. I was not care. I did not care about the briefings. There's no characters. Just like, <laughs> oh, please go fight these guys. Uh, you know, there's mi there's missions at night. There's missions in, in the ocean. There's missions in canyons. At the end, you fight a big flying mobile fortress that's kind of like anime, like military sci-fi. Um, not as crazy as we get in the future. It's all right there. Um, that's the whole thing. That's the whole yeah. damn thing. <laughs> yeah, they just had it from the jump. <laughs> Didn't make a new game once. Um, and I had a good time. It's like really short, too, because it's only like 17 missions and none of them are very hard. In fact, if you're good at Ace Combat, some of them can be cleared in minutes. And you're like, OK, back to the base. Let's go uh, spend some money. <laughs> I it's like, oh, kill, kill these five bombers before they reach your base. You're like, well, I'm really good at locking on to bombers. They don't really do anything. They just kind of sit there and get locked on to. And yeah, you do that and shoot them. Yeah, that's the mission. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that was a good game. Um, but that's it for me. I'm playing Binding of Isaac again. Is what's happened, and I'm also like watching shows and movies. Man, that's Binding of Isaac is so good. Yeah, Binding of Isaac is good. I uh, oh. picked up the last DLC and the last sale before this holiday sale, and have just been doing a run now and then. You know, trying not to get like totally sucked in because that has been a game I've dropped way too much time into in the past. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, you're liable I, to be in there for a minute. I don't see you getting like unemployment Bunny of Isaac moded ever again. No, uh, I just don't think. Even if you were to become unemployed suddenly, I don't think that's like your your way of coping anymore. No, that's true. Um, but uh, it, is, it is nice just put on some YouTube and play Bonnie Isaac. So 
It, yeah. It's still good. They haven't fucked that up. It's really good on the Steam Deck, much like it was on like the Vita and the Switch and every other fucking platform that has a D-pad and a like a diamond of buttons. That's all you need for Binding of Isaac. I did a run of Binding of Isaac like recently and just beat Mom. Uh, I think it was like the second run I did when I loaded up this time. I was like, damn, easy game. And I remembered, because a decade ago, when we were starting doing a normal mapping and I played Binding of Isaac, I was like, this is like so impossibly hard. You just lose over and over <laughs> and over again. I've got so much better at video games. I, um, I mean, beating mom is like the, you beat the like, oh, out of the tutorial, kid. Now the real yeah, game begins. I was not saying the beating mom counts as beating the video game, but I just meant that like my relation to that back in the day was I played a lot of oh, Binding yeah. of Isaac and I never even beat mom because I was it was yeah. too hard. Yeah, um, like it's yeah. good to be back. Uh, and now I'm like, you know, you get a you get a little bit of a boost when you get a good good pair of items, then you get you get through the game. Bing yeah, bong, dumb. I have a uh, there's way more items than there were last time I played because there's been two DLCs since that point uh, since I was really into Binding of Isaac. Right. Um, and so I don't really know what half the stuff does, but the skills don't leave you. So I'm, I'm like, I think I'm five wins into beating mom's heart to turn into eight lives, which unlocks the final levels of the game. Um, yeah. Well, actually what used to be the finals of the game, there's actually a couple levels behind that now that I have to get to at some point. You should install the mod everyone uses. I'm on my steam deck and I don't want to worry about it. I think it's a steam mod. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then sure. I don't know exactly what it's called. I have to look it up. But I know there's a mod that's like... It's like a dynamic version of the wiki where it'll give you the information you should have, basically, without you having to tab out. Oh, good, because what I do you. is hit pause and I open my phone and I go, what What does the two-pip two dice room do every time I run to a dice room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's stuff like stuff like that. That there is, a, there is a mod like that. I don't know what it's called. I have to look it up after this. I can't do it live on the podcast. Um, yeah. External item descriptions. That's it. Okay. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, that is, that is nice. I was You said you should install the mod. I'm like, what mod, Jackson? What are you talking about? Well, you, 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 I say it like that. You're like, oh, yeah, obviously the mod. Duh, the, mod. the one that lets you play Binding of Isaac without loading up a wiki every four seconds. Uh, I'm sending you an image now that just uh, is the default. I don't, the um, I don't, you know, I mostly, just, part of the reason I like Binding of Isaac is that it is a game with a lot of randomness. So I kind of just... Uh, let it ride most of the time though this exact thing of knowing what trinkets do that's the trinkets are so arcane um yes. it's really hard to know what the fuck they do yeah uh, and also, it, like, it won't tell you a pill before you've nice used too. it also and stuff no like no that. that's just how pills work because they're yeah. question mark question mark question mark it's, it's only stuff that you would go and pause and check that it, it just tells you in the corner I'm yeah. slamming every pill I find. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, You're no, just fucking they're... living on the chaos. Well, yeah. the ones that are bad are with, with only one exception, uh, mostly not that bad. And the ones that are good will, once you have identified them, you can go out of your way to look for them. And yes. they just help so much like in aggregate. Yeah. But this is if just, you got an unknown pill, yeah. eat it. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. They're just in the steam library. So this should just work in the, uh, on the deck. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Maybe I'll look at that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I went I looked at the Steam cell and I was like, oh, should I get into dead cells? And I was like, no, I'm not gonna no. do that. I'm gonna play Binding of Isaac instead. You should play Binding of Isaac instead, but if you wanted to play Dead Cells, it's like fine. It's like fine. They had that Castlevania DLC. That's what happened. I was like, oh maybe. Oh, but they no. did. I I never I did not play a lot of the DLCs. I mean, I, I didn't buy it, so it's not it's not even on my agenda. So. Well, you're safe now. Yeah. Until you open the Steam store again. Nah, I don't think so. 
pretty good about not buying games I don't think I'm going to play at this point because I have too many games. Yeah. All right. Do we want to get into our video game? Let's do it. Let's do it. Final Fantasy 15 is our game club this month. Uh, this is made by Square Enix Business Division 2. That's so true it is. Uh, it <laughs> came out Division 2. It came out on the PS4 and Xbox One in November of 2016. Um, and then it came onto Windows in 2018. Um, is the Xbox version technically the Windows version, right? No, it's the Xbox version, it's, but yes, okay. when you load it on... When you look at your fucking like, Xbox thing, it does say Windows Edition, because whatever's going on on the back end there is inscrutable yeah. and nonsense. Anyway, but. this was directed by Hajime Tabata, uh, famously uh, a game that was cancelled <laughs> a year after it came out, as they scrapped the second run of DLC, basically, and kicked the one little bit that they had of the first part of that out the door, and like, hey, goodbye, no more of this. Um... Uh, I mean, it was cancelled before it was released. It was cancelled after it was released. It spent... It was constantly yes. getting cancelled, and for one brief moment, 2016, it was a real video game that was released. Uh, yeah, worth noting, this game was originally announced in 2006. Or not, that's when it started. It was announced... When was it announced? Uh, 2006. Okay. As Final Fantasy Versus 13, we are not here to talk about the Versus 13 stuff. Uh, we're not here to talk about the tie-in movie, Kingsglaive, or the anime series, Brotherhood, or any of the side games that exist for this thing, or the book that detailed the DLC. We will put all of that into a VoIP Life, which is an extra podcast that will be free. Normally, VoIP Life is a premium podcast on our Patreon, Patreon at Compositional Mapping. We haven't recorded that yet. We will do that. It'll probably be out in like a week or two, and it'll be all us talking about that shit, because we did it. We did yeah, talk I, about it. We did I, do I, all that stuff. I read that book. It's bad. <laughs> I've uh, it'll book, be yeah. it'll be you two talking about that shit because yeah, yeah. you could not get me to do that with a gun to my head. Thank you. No. Hey Molly, have you seen Kingsglaive? No. Why would hey, I Molly, watch Kingsglaive? <laughs> you seen Brotherhood Final Fantasy Fifteen? No. I yeah. watched Kingsglaive and Brotherhood twice now. 
Uh, yeah. I've watched Kingsglaive twice, but I've, I've watched the other one Because uh, I watched Brotherhood when it first came out, and I was like, that was bad. And then I watched Kingsglaive before I played Final Fantasy XV the first time uh, three years ago, and it was bad then, and it's bad now. Uh, <laughs> I played Final Fantasy XV, and then I was like, oh, there's some extra stuff for this? I think I'm good, actually. Anyway, I think we're I here understood to, what happened. Yeah, we're here to... The framework of this discussion on this episode is Final Fantasy 15, the version that exists right now, not the day one stuff. Jackson did some research on that. I never bothered. Don't care that much. Um, and uh, the first three DLCs episodes, Gladio, Prompto, and Ignis. Even yes. Arden's getting shunted because it, it opens up the Pandora's box of talking about the retcons that they want to do with the future DLC. Yes, Arden's <laughs> right. part of the the book stuff, so we are leaving that for later. Yeah, I got um, I got a late notification that I did not need to play episode Arden. Oh, you didn't actually do it? Oh, beautiful! You you avoided no. so much annoyance. No, you guys said I didn't need to. I'm yeah, good. No, episode yeah, Arden's yeah. oh, like playing it's okay. The episode's fine. Yeah, it's fine to play. <laughs> the story's really bad. anyway. We're not here for that. Jackson, what is the plot of Final Fantasy Fifteen? <coughs> okay, um, I'll do my best uh, because uh, summarizing while sick is going to be annoying. Yeah, uh, but the plot of Final, Fif- Final Fantasy Fifteen is you play as Noctis, the son of Regis, uh, part of the long line of the kings of Lucis in the city of Insomnia. Uh, Lucis is the kingdom that is holding out against the Empire of Niflheim, which is. Uh, capturing basically the entire world with its Magitek army. Uh, but Lucis is protected, uh, specifically the city of Insomnia is protected, the outlying lands not so much, um, by a magical wall uh, that is protected by the king of Lucis uh, using a ring, using the magical ring and the energy of the king. Um, that is like the way in which the, the power of the bloodline of Lucis is like expressed to the world. It's a power, power that was given to the kings of Lucis by the gods uh, exists in this ring and when Niflheim attacks, this ring was in the city and is sneaked out by uh, Ludafreya, who is a princess of Tenebrae, who is meant to be wed to Noctis. So that's the plot, is that Noctis is out in the world, going to meet Ludafreya uh, of Tenebrae and to hopefully marry her. Unfortunately, is interrupted by a Final Fantasy plot happening. Um, she has the ring, but he doesn't know it yet. Uh, and we have to try to get them together, get the ring together, and get all the powers of the gods into him so he can become the king of... Uh, uh, Lucis that he's meant to be and defeat the evil army. As he goes on this quest, uh, gathers his powers from the gods, uh, gathers the royal arms from the previous kings, starts to learn more about what this means. Uh, he realizes not just that he is going to become the king of uh, Lucis and defeat the evil army, but he is going to become the true king, uh, which is a prophesized figure who will free the land when darkness has come. Uh, like the song Stand By Me, like in Stand By Me, the song Stand By Me that they play in the game, like in, in that song. Um, and the true king must sacrifice his life to uh, purge the world of darkness, which is come in the form of the Star Scourge, uh, uh, like a corrupting darkness that lives in the heart of Arden, uh, who was there thousands of years ago when the Star Scourge first came to Earth and like took it into himself um, and has been spurned by the gods because for being cast out of Lucis's bloodline for this uh and basically wants revenge on Noctis for this thousands of years of bullshit that's happened um as you go through the game you head to Altitia to finally try to meet up with Lunafreya uh while there uh Arden kills Lunafreya as you are trying to get Leviathan to the power um and Noctis is very fucking sad about this, uh, but him and his homies are able to overcover it. You go on a train to the capital of Niflheim. Arden betrays everyone at Niflheim. Niflheim falls, uh, and you 
head into the crystal underneath Niflheim, which they've stolen from Lucis, and finally talk with Bahamut, who is uh, like the leader of the six, who are the astrals that are the gods of this world, and learn that you have to die to uh, purge the Star Scourge. Uh, and you are set into a crystal slumber for 10 years until you wake up uh, 10 years later, meet up with your homies again, head back into Insomnia, kick Arden off the throne, get stabbed by everyone of your ancestors, including your dad, with their magical blades, uh, in order to head into the afterlife to defeat Arden's essence once and for all and disappearing yourself forever. Uh, as the ring disintegrates and Noctis has gone forever, the sun rises over a new world uh, and a new day has come from his sacrifice. The end. It's beautiful! It's really good. That's so really true. fucking good. I hate uh, it when my dad looks at me meaningfully before he stabs me. He's so fucked up to have to stab his son about it. He hates it. Uh, yeah, what if his son could just be a normal king who sucks instead of the good king? <laughs> what if he? Yeah, what if he wasn't the best king? Instead, he is uh, the true king. Uh, yeah. So the game itself is a uh, the first. Depending on how you play it, first half to 80% is an open world game where you are riding around in your car called the Regalia with Noctis's homies, uh, Gladio, who's like the big uh, bruiser guy with a huge sword, uh, Prompto, who's the uh, twink with a camera, and Ignis, who's the stuffy British guy uh, who drives when you're not driving um, and cooks. And you just do open world stuff. Go on fetch quests, fight some hunts, fish, cook, camp race chocobos anything you want really um and once you get sick of that then it turns into all the story stuff that jackson told you about which takes up the back half of the game that was the plot but like i didn't even mention the act like any of the names of the homies like the bulk of the game yeah. is you ignis prompto uh and gladiolus on uh not even a, a fetch quest just like going around the open world doing submissions trying to figure out what you got to do before chapter eight yeah. when you're like okay we know what we got to do now well the, yes the, so the thing that is meant to happen is your dad sending you on a road trip with your homies to have one last bit of freedom before you have to go and get married because like chapter one is you going oh we're gonna go to golden quay and we're gonna get on the boat and we're gonna go and meet her and we're gonna get married it's finally time to get married um and it, you know uh insomnia gets invaded as like the night before you get on the boat and so you're like well we need to find another way and the rest of the first half of the game is you driving around looking for another way to get on that boat because you still got to go do that um and it gets more complicated from there obviously um but um yeah it, it, you know the part that everyone remembers about this game is the hanging out riding around in a car listening to final fantasy classical soundtracks and uh Noctis being lectured about how he needs to grow up and be normal, even though he is normal. He's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, he's yes. he's fine. He's maybe a little mean to his friends sometimes, but he's mostly fine. Yeah. Um, because they're all charged with making sure he could be a good king. Um, and they're all very worried about him because he's kind of uh, it's weird because like they play it like he's like really irresponsible, but there's no there's no actual indication of that in the game Final Fantasy 15. He's just kind of put out about things sometimes. Right, he's yeah, like a if moper, you just, but if you just play the game, he's just kind of sad a little bit. Being a moper is legal. <laughs> yeah. It's true, especially when you have to sacrifice yourself at the end. You can mope. You As know, he mopes way moper. less once that happens. Yeah, but well, you know. He doesn't, like, have much to... Once he learns he's got to sacrifice himself, he's really only got, like, a day over I mean, 20... I guess in theory, he was moping out in 10 years as he was floating in the crystal ether or I, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how aware he was of stuff during that 10 years. It seems like he was just kind of in hibernation. 
Uh, I the book has an answer for this, but it's it not doesn't canon. Get that, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shit is made up. Yeah, they made that made shit up. up. He's in hibernation, but he's frowning. So, like, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, puberty hits, but he doesn't grow an inch. Uh, hate when that happens. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. He gets some shitty I mean, facial hair, and that's it. He's like seventeen in the start. Yeah, no, game. I know. It's just very funny that he comes out with like a beard and wrinkles, but like in his old clothes, and it's all just normal. He's exactly the same shape as he was when he was a teenager. <laughs> I understand that's for like animation, like skeleton reasons. Yes, uh, but sometimes when you don't get, you know, seventeen's enough to hit the, the, you know, sometimes you don't grow much more. No, also he's they- the short king. He's the only one who gets like a face model change because everyone else looks literally the exact same. <laughs> right, they get like a say, little bit of a change, but yeah. The only thing they really do is add facial hair to the rest of the guys because it's like, well, we don't really have another way to make them look older, I guess. Yeah. Um, Prompto has the shittiest goatee in history. That's how you that's know he's canon. older now. That's so canon. Uh, Ignis gets cooler glasses in the intervening 10 years. He sure does. Yeah. Um. So where do you want to where do you want to start with this? <laughs> It's a big game. It's a big game. I I, I don't know. I think the game is good. I, I um I really liked all of it. <laughs> I was surprised at how much I liked the like the first eighty percent open world stuff. Um, just before we get into like the uh big level story ideas, because the bulk of the game is just looking at a menu, selecting a place to do, and then you do a mission, and then you go on to the next mission, right? And the missions are never that complicated. They are always fetch quest style. Do kill two things, do one hunt. Um, you know, there's not really like deep narrative going on uh in these fetch quests. Uh there's a couple of NPCs you'll see a few times, like there's the dog tag guy and there's the pick up some frogs girl. Um, right. And so I know one of the criticisms the game has is that the side quests are really boring, which is kind of true. Um, but the thing is, like, the narrative isn't meant to be from the, the quest, right? It is the quest perform a, like, acceptably, uh, you know, acceptably, I don't know, interesting is the wrong word because it's not interesting, but, like, what's the, like, flow state when you're just getting through quests in a fucking open world slop game? Video uh, game compulsion. <laughs> video game compulsion, right. Just perform, like, an acceptable, like, chain of that while delivering you, like, banter between the lads, right? Like, it is a uh, skeleton on which uh, the hanging out is framed upon, and they have got so many unique bits of dialogue for all this stuff that, like, things do occasionally repeat, but much less than I would have thought uh, as I'm going through all these quests, and it becomes very satisfying like i'm just gonna do 10 quests and i'll hang out with my guys and they'll have like unique reactions to different things and their relationship will develop in various ways uh and like the little roast prompto for being into cindy and everything and stuff like that and it's just good uh just like it is a very good deployment of the classic like assassin's creed 2 style going down all the side quests uh open world cruft uh that was all in the rage at the time i was like damn it's like a normal ass video game from square enix that never happens yeah, I, uh, I spent a lot of time just going camp to camp early on, just like, all right, how many hunts are here? Okay, I'm going to do all these hunts, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, I My first run of this game, I think I spent like probably 40 hours just in the open world uh, before I went and did the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I first played it, I remember, because you start with just like hammerhead down to Golden Quay, like a really limited area, and I was like squeezing every bit of all the side quests and stuff out of that um, before I moved on. And then you get to the next area and immediately like you can take a detour to Chocobos, which makes your life so much easier when you have Chocobos. Um, And so this time I was like, I'm just going to beeline to Chocobos, do a bunch of side quests, have a good time with that. Um, 
I knew if I waited, like, you know, you get to chapter eight and you can unlock the uh, the um, monster truck regalia. So I waited for that. Um, all the bullshit that has drifted into that game as they patched a bunch of stuff into it. Um, if you really wanted to wait, you could wait and go back in time once you hit the time skip and get the airship regalia and then just fly everywhere and not even worry about the fucking chocobos. Oh, wait, really? Yes. Damn, I didn't know about that one. Yeah. If if once you get to the point of no return, you can use the dog in any like uh, hotel to go back into the open world. It just like takes you through time, like just a total video game contrivance. But once there is Cindy has a quest for you that lets you turn the regalia into an airship where it can take off from any road and then land on any road. And oh, damn, in between okay. break the game engine with flying over the landscape that it was clearly not meant to do. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, especially on like original consoles, the pop in is so extreme. You just watch the whole thing collapse around it. God. Yeah, the game is not designed for it. But I, I don't think that stuff like improves it. I think it's actually at no. its best during the um initial like all right, you drive to a campsite and then you can mm -hmm. like choke a bow to your hunt area. Uh but the like routine of okay, I get a campsite, I get a good um meal to set up my buffs and like my xp for my next thing uh, and then i cash it in after at the cycle added in um i think that's when it's at, at its best when like that's when the roads have purpose the off-road stuff has purpose yes. the chocobo has purpose it all clicks together in a way that i feel is like really thoughtful um yep. when you unlock too much stuff it like just cuts out some of the like steps which just ends up making it a little too frictionless i guess yeah well, yeah, I was playing a New Game Plus, so everything well, was yes. frictionless. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, New Game Plus, you just kind of just roll over everything, and it's okay. I did finish at a higher level than either of you, I'm fairly sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, you sure did. Because I finished originally at like 60, I think like 63, and I finished the second time at like 70. Yeah, yeah I, I, I finished mm -hmm. the first game at 70, and I think I ended this New Game Plus at like 74, 75. Yeah, I finished at 100, so... <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Could not be I, me. I just, like... After, to be fair, you did gain, like, 25 levels on a single level up, uh, so... Well, I saved, right, like, was all cheating. my XP for, like, 30 hours for the three for when I first got to the three times hotel. Yeah. Uh, and cashed it all in and was like, damn, that's nice. <laughs> I watched that video and I was like, this is too many level ups. This is so many level ups. It was a lot. It was a lot of level ups. I'm not gonna lie. It was a perhaps obscene amount of level ups. <laughs> You're never gonna do that again in your life. <laughs> no, I, I am not. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. Oh, the open world stuff in particular because um, so much of it feeds into like just like this very like shaggy dog road trip story, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, we're gonna camp and I'm gonna get some buffs from the food because the buffs from the food are like way more important than even like what items you have equipped a lot of times. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna craft some more magic grenades because the magic grenades are incredibly powerful. Um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, the magic is so helpful in this game. Um, the balancing's weird because like I'm like, oh right, this guy did definitely make Crisis Core when I see how the balancing of all the various RPG stuff is. Which Crisis Core is also a game with a bunch of RPG systems that are balanced by seemingly an alien. Um, and the, the magic system having like, if you know what you're doing, uh, you can kill everything in one shot. If you don't know what you're doing, you're like, why is there even magic in this game? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, for like 35 hours, I was like, why is there magic in this game? And then I like figured out that if I just kind of like slam everything together, I can make, you know, quick cast times 40. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yes. I got it. The gulf between like someone just kind of, oh, I guess I can get a three fire. Why why'd I do that? And then if you'd like poke it a little bit, you're like, oh, I can get a quint cast Faraga immediately and just kill it. Okay. Um, yeah. And also it gives you like six times XP and, you know, you get healed three times <laughs> yes. or whatever. 
Um, and, and stuff like that is, is, is very funny. Uh, God. But it's I, so I, funny yeah. how easily you can turn that into like the, I'm done playing this game now. I'm pressing the magic nuke button and moving on. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to trivial. Yeah, that's the thing it shares with Crisis Core. I think it's a little, it's better than Crisis Core because Crisis Core is like truly like, at some point you're just pressing the win button for everything and it's just the most boring game ever. Um, I think the combat here is better than that for the most part. It keeps it, uh, like, I like the combat. I don't think it's that deep, right? I know that it's a lot not of complaints are no. it's not that deep. Uh, but it's because yeah. it's, it's not that deep. It's uh, And also, also, here's the other thing. Uh, it's not really an action game at all. No, no. I've, I've, I've always argued that uh, it's not an action game. And the thing that I, when I played Final Fantasy 15, like, because I know everyone's like, oh, it's like a weird action game, but it doesn't feel right. And I, when I played it, I was like, this is just Assassin's Creed comp. Like, Assassin's Creed main gameplay is movement right it's climbing mm -hmm. over stuff cl uh, clambering up stuff and the way that works is you hit a button and you go into high profile state where you just automatically do the movement things and this game has the exact same thing where there's a button that you hold that you go into combat state and there's a button you hold where you go into avoid damage state and you just alternate between the two of them for most of the combat in the game yeah and there's like a timing element to that but you're just yeah. shifting modes it's not like it's not like when you press circle uh, that that's when the attack comes out, right? It, it yeah. is yeah. Sta shifting between states. And I played on wait mode, um, which I, I thought was like really, like really clicked the combat into place to me uh, because wait mode then like when you're not inputting any animation state, you're not moving and you're just like perceiving the world and like taking in information and seeing out when, when to go. Mm -hmm. um, and that really just like cemented to be like, oh, this is, this is actually a turn-based game. This is like more turn-based than Final Fantasy XIII, which is menu-based, but you can't pause. Everything's movement-based. You're doing fucking cancels in your various paradigm shifts. Uh, whereas this is like, okay, I'm standing still. I'm looking at the wait mode. Uh, I see where everyone's going. I choose where I want to attack. I put my animation state on that. I hold the button and then it like plays in real time once yeah. I'm holding the button. And when I, I stop holding the button, it stops. I do think active mode is also about this. It just happens at yes. a rapid. It often becomes like, especially in mob fights where you're fighting multiple enemies, a real like fucking nightmare of like yeah. 8,000 people attacking at once. But there's something about like, because you, you know, if I hold this button, I'm going to attack. If I hold this button, I'm going to avoid most damage. And when I run out of MP, I warp away and restore my MP. Because um, Noctis can throw a sword and warp to points. And once he's warped to a static point, he rapidly recovers his MP, um, which you use to dodge. Um, the game becomes about like surveying the battlefield and seeing where everyone's at and where your opportunities are, mostly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and the warp strike is so fucking cool. Yes. The warp strike is a cool move. Um, everyone, like... Okay, we we have mostly just one party member, so we're going to spread out. Like, it's not just elemental weaknesses; everything has different weapon weaknesses. Uh, so there's still that element of preparation to it. And I was like, okay, thinking about like taking a look at enemies using Libra, uh, you can really trivialize a lot of fights, and it becomes much more about the preparation of like, if I'm prepared for a fight, it'll generally work out pretty easy. Yeah, especially when like, um, like there is a way in which you can really get in the weeds with a combat system where you're like weapon swapping in between combo chains because every weapon has a slightly different way the combo system works. I was watching videos on this and I was like, I'm never going to play a game like this. But there is a way to be like that. But even in the main game, it's about lining up like backstabs through your your magical movement to initiate like the links with your party members and yeah. then building up the meter to allow them to do their special moves, which are all incredibly overpowered. <laughs> Uh, there's that one incredibly overpowered Ignis move um, that just has all four of you attack and be and like being total iframes the entire time. Yeah. Um, so I was always using that until I couldn't anymore. And then there's there's one that um, Glad Gladio's last one in the main game is just like multi like multi hit 
area of effect uh max damage attack it's ridiculous i was like if i i never got the money to uncap his like damage break but i feel like i was like that's easy going to do like twenty thousand damage there's no way yeah, yeah the one the one thing i wish i had was more ap at the end of the game to start yes. uh uncapping that stuff because it would be really funny they're so <laughs> expensive i don't understand how you're meant to get that much AP. yeah i don't you have to new game plus probably like twice to get two no peoples, right? it's not new game plus you just have to go grind it like like doesn't, okay, doesn't well, get any better on new game plus um, too much gaming it's just balanced like shit this is this is this is genuinely like having played crisis core i just think this is about a thing like the rpg systems are balanced by an alien why is the xp so easy to get and the ap so hard to get what's happening here why does it go from costing like here's something that costs 50 ap here's one that costs 333 for the second level and yeah 999 go go off idiot good luck yeah like i guess i'm just never getting those upgrades yes yeah, so i do think like the, the balancing on the rpg systems is a little out of whack um but I still enjoyed like all the upgrades I did get. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the upgrades were great, uh, and it's good to get as much. When you finally get like the upgrade that's like you can get all of the magic out of like one node, I'm like Jesus, thank God, because like it's so annoying to hit multiple stops before you hit 99 again. Yes, mm. it was just interesting combat wise. It's like this is such a philosophically different combat system to everything else I've played in like Final Fantasy and Ages, in that it's not really trying to be good. Or to be great, I guess. This game is aiming on every level of its presentation of its combat to be acceptably pleasant. Um, it wants you to be doing certain attacks and like considering your like defense versus attack and getting into position to like do attacks with the homies. But it, it explicitly doesn't really want you thinking about like, I'm going to be doing uh, sick uh, real-time parry combos. Like there's a parry in the game and you're meant to be doing it on the like animation dodge, but not to the extent of like, when you're playing seven remake right and you're doing in your like various stagger combos um or uh even 13 and 16 right like these are just like high intensity high perfection combat systems i guess uh where like there's just like a high ceiling of execution which there is like you can do that between the um uh the weapon switching it just isn't like a central focus of the game it's much more about staying in the aesthetic zone of just enjoying some open world combat as you go from the thing to the thing i'm just kind of surprised at like how tame the ambitions of this game are like mechanically that's what i meant earlier was like this is a normal video game in the year 2016 and i am shocked by how normal it is it's not trying to do anything out of reach of that kind of thing it's not trying to be a revolutionary like we're going to change the way combat's done in video games or we're going to like bring JRPGs into the modern era. It's just trying to be a video game in a way of like that is fucking normal and it's sold a bajillion copies. They should do this more. They should just make a normal video game sometimes. It would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, 7 Remake does look like this. They did, it's a little like more horizon in a way that I'm like, I don't even like those games, but it does like intellectually and in turns of square, we just, hey, we just made a normal video game in Unreal Engine and it might sell a lot of copies. Like, well, I guess you're finally learning something, guys. Well, yeah, I mean, 15 famously has an engine that like could barely run on the consoles it released on, right? This game is the glitchiest game I've ever played. <laughs> so many times I have to reload I'm like, that NPC does not exist. He's just not there. Yeah. Prompto's gone. Prompto's gone, guys. <laughs> and it's not the part where Prompto's supposed to be gone. Uh, sometimes it is. I, was list I listened to um, uh, Novel Not New on Final Fantasy XV. I was laughing a lot because Six didn't really like this game. But the reason seemed to be because the copy just glitched at every single situation. Like, Prompto did just disappear during that entire train sequence for Six. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no wonder the game didn't land. The fucking game yeah, was broken. Yeah, no, your guys weren't there. 
That's so funny. Uh, I was not that bad with luck, but also the second I had a glitch, I just restarted the game because it usually fixed things. But yeah, it's not, yeah. It's, it's not a greatly stable product. No. No. It, but it mostly just works, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is the, the combat. I don't think we have that much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the no. open world stuff. But yeah. anyway, the story of the video game, Final Fantasy XV. The best part. Uh, yeah. It's really fucking, fucking good. It's just one of the best ones they've done. That's just true to me. So, yeah, the thing with me is like, um, replaying this game especially, I'm like, they really need to get away from games about the crystals being evil. <laughs> it's so tedious to have a game where it's like, oh, yes, we're in the system and then we, we have to do a thing. And then ha- halfway and you're like, oh, are we the bad guys actually? And then you go, oh, what we need to throw down the gods and cast off the evil crystals and choose our own fate. And our fate is going to look the exact same way in every single one of these video games. Um, and this isn't a Final Fantasy problem. This is like an anime fiction problem, maybe even broader than that in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not gods, but this is still like the plot of every MCU movie where villains yes. fight too much. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, this is a game where the crystal is just good. It's just the heart of the world and you need to protect it. It's really important that they get the evil stuff out of the crystal or the world yes. will die. Uh, yeah, that's just, just true. Yes. No, I was very pleasantly surprised by that because I, I remember talking like on prior episodes about like, how do you move on? with Final Fantasy after 10-2 specifically, because I think 10 is the big Final Fantasy with the we have to unchain ourselves from the Fate of Gods plot, uh, the big first one that really went hard on it, um, and I still think it's the best one they've done, uh, and you can do better than that. And then 2, 10-2 is all about how that doesn't actually fix anything. The problems are still there because the people are still there. Uh, you have to like engage with people and consider new ways of doing things. And then you get to 13. Uh, when, you know, to be fair, you get to 12. And it's like, oh, the gods are changing the world. And, we'll, and then we're like, oh, well, I guess we'll kill one of them. We'll kill one of them and we'll, we'll ignore the rest the of them. One. <laughs> uh, the, so the it, good ones will tell us to kill the bad one and we'll just do it. And we're not going to ask any questions about it, about what that might mean for the world. But, like, that's Listen, kind of what Noctis does. The rest of them that, yeah, but like this, it would be much more like like twelve is much more like if Bahamut was evil. Which please, no one tell me about the book. I know Knock that <laughs> where that's going at some point. But like when the courier introduced the party, are like, oh, it's so weird that the, the world is controlled by gods. Anyway, is kind of how that's handled because that game had a like nightmarish production. Um, and then thirteen's all about like, oh, the world's trapped by gods, and we have to fight the Lassie and the Lassie and the Falsi and the blah blah blah. blah. Oh. Uh, and then 16 does again, and it's just like, yes, okay, I, I've got it. Yes, we, we have to free ourselves from uh, from the gods. But then what comes after is just also people trapped in the system, so I don't know like, how that would help. Um, I'd like to like move on uh, thematically. And I really liked 15 is going, we're not going to like move on. We're just going to like flip the entire thing inversion-wise. Right? Like, what if the gods were good? What if it was good to sacrifice yourself for God? Um, like, yeah, just yeah. do the Jesus thing, I guess. Because like... So much of those stories end up being about like, it is bad that we are being controlled by someone who has grand designs that are usually evil. Um, But then once they free themselves, they go back to the status quo of the world, which is still full of like bad things, right? Like 13 is a little weird, but like once in 12, once you kill the God, you go back and she becomes queen and everyone goes back and becomes part of the fucking military. (laughs) Yeah. Or a sky pirate. I'm like, like Vaughn lives in a world where people are still starving in the streets. Doesn't seem to give a shit about that. <laughs> He's bigger uh, than that now. It's okay. He, he, 
Yeah, because I mean, twelve is not about fixing the systemic yeah. issues. No, it's I know, but like, like by presenting a story where the 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 villain is an existential threat to the world, and someone standing up and going, "Your job, even though it is hard, is to defeat this thing and save the world from being destroyed," it just makes everything else make more sense. Like you know, knock. It's the only thing Noctis can do is either walk away from this or do it. Yeah. And it really like pushes the melodrama all in one direction that isn't in odds with itself because all the interactions have to be about acknowledging that this is an inevitability and coming to terms with the grief around it and how you feel about your friends. And it is like both a metaphor for aging because like your dad went on the exact same road trip and his friend group that was destroyed by the road trip, basically. Um, and also like, what do you do when the world is like fucking ending? Uh, like when I first played this game, uh, the thing that like really affected me is I was like, this is, this is a game about how, like, there's no length that isn't worth doing in like when the, when like climate change is happening, when the planet's ending, right? You have to, you have to do the most extreme thing to make it stop. Cause otherwise everyone's dead. Yes. Um, yeah. And Noctis just taking that in on himself, like not wanting to, he never wanted to, when he finds out about it, he's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I guess me and, uh, me and Luna Frey's entire lives were bent around this one thing. Cause you find out Luna Frey has basically known this the entire time and has just not really talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, just devote their lives to this one, like, and doesn't get to enjoy it. Doesn't come out the other side with like, yeah, jail free card. Uh, the world is not immediately always fixed. Like the sun rises over a ruined city, right? Um, this is the thing that like Final Fantasy seven does really well. Like, you know, meteor hits and you don't really know what's happened. They fucked that up incredibly. But, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, there, there is an ambiguity to it that I think is good. Um, uh, but the, but the, but does not negate the thing that Noctis does being a wholly good self-sacrifice thing that is more responsible than being the king behind your magic wall. Right. Well, he's literally the true king. The true king sacrifices himself, right? The true king. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea of a king, right? Like the idea of monarchy uh, in this game is like, what makes a king good? Is, and the answer is that the king is the people, right? The king will like sacrifice himself for all the people. Yes. Um, it's like a, uh, in like a Bahamut dark mirror. literally frames it as like, it is the king's job to repay the sacrifice everyone has made to him. Yes. Like with his yeah. body. I mean, it's, it's fucking doing some code gear shit over here, but like without being about like- Without being the, the stupidest happen. thing in the world. <laughs> yes. But it is literally like the, the king exists to like make the sacrifice for the people. Uh, that's why he's the fucking king. Yeah, that's uh, why he's the king. If if he can't if he can't do even that, he's no king. Uh, mm -hmm. Is quite simply the argument of fifteen. And every time I'm like, yeah, let's go. I love it when the king reclaims his throne. <laughs> and then he gets exploded on it. It's great. Uh, I also like the idea that like the gods are wholly good in fifteen, right? Like, yes. Ifrit's evil because he's been corrupted by Scar uh, Star Scourge. That's a, it, that's an Arden problem. If it's not, yeah, you know, because like if it's like evil and a problem, but evil because of like the grand melodrama of these mythic figures that are like are still kind of among us. I really like the fucking gods of fifteen. We, it's specifically uh, the the idea that like this is our plan. We can't get rid of the Star Scourge ourselves. It's just beyond our power. Um, and so we are going to work with the True King to put all of the crystals' energy, which is literally the, like the light of the star that like makes the planet live right like the, yeah. the capacity for the planet to support life is going into this ring so that you and all of your ancestors can traverse like the veil into the afterlife and get rid of arden because you can't kill him because he exists both in the real world and an afterlife and the gods can't kill anybody in the afterlife <laughs> yeah they just keep banishing him to the world the realm where he returns from immediately yes yeah and he's like hey what's up i'm arden i'm back 
And so this idea that like, not only are you risking everything, but like, they are also, this plan is like risky for them as well, right? Like you imbue the ring with ultimate power. There's nothing left in the crystal. There is no light. Eternal darkness falls on the land. The planet is going to die if you don't succeed on this one. Yeah, if Arnon wins, he's yeah. just won, right? Like, if you don't win yeah, the it. fucking Matrix Revolutions fight at the end there, uh, that's just Arnon. Arnon <laughs> it's so clock. the Matrix Revolutions fight at the end. It's pretty good. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, I think all that stuff uh, is just really good and really affecting. And the way it comes out of, like, you know, we called Noctis a moat, but the whole thing is, like, he has always lived like under this expectation he's going to be king and everyone treats him you know with kid gloves because of that and the one person he who doesn't is luna freya who he met when he was a kid and they've been conversing via this like book that they just attached to the dog who can traverse time and space uh, to yes. send notes back and forth i love the Cause, dogs because yeah because luna freya is like you know captive basically uh in another kingdom her their entire lives um undergoing whatever oracle training you know she has to do for her thing um and and no one seems to know that they've just been passing notes for you know 15 years like building a real relationship where they are very eager to see each other and get married uh it is not the typical arranged marriage in fiction where it's like oh i don't really know her and i feel bad about it like they're they are both very excited for their wedding day yes they want to see each other and that being derailed uh forever um, and you know, when Luna Freya dies, Noctis goes through all this grief as everyone's trying to lecture him on being a king, um, and standing up and doing the right thing. And he's like, I'm doing it. We're on the train. I'm not, I've never once complained. I'm fucking going through it right now. Please get off my dick. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. <laughs> I think like the chapters 10 through like 12 in this game are like the fucking best part of the game. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I love every time Gladio like gets in his face and tells him to suck it the fuck up. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting because like it's even without the additional I, honestly the additional stuff does not even feed into this like gladio feels like someone who is who only because his job is to be a protector he only knows how to operate through like strength and yes. you can't he can't beat up grief so he's just afraid of it so every time noctis has a, an emotion that is not anger he's afraid of it and he lashes out because he doesn't know how to process noctis's emotions about right this. he needs him to get over it immediately because he can't handle this yeah and i think like, the way Oh, go ahead. Well, it's an echo of the, the first time in the game when this happened was like in um, Titan's Crater, where like yes. uh, Noctis is, is whining and um, Gladio's like, you, you got to get over it. And essentially by like pushing Noctis is able to like get his strength leveled up or whatever. Um, and this time you just can't, you, you, can, you can't do that on the train. There's no, there's no, there's no like way to process it where like, you can get annoyed in it, that you can channel it into like getting better at being angry and doing combat, right? Like there's mm -hmm. no... Uh, way to process that emotion in that way and gladio just doesn't know what to do she just kind of storms off down the train yeah right like the first time the lesson is like okay we need to get out of this so we don't fucking die uh and the second time is mostly just like oh man uh i don't really know what to do with you but could you get over this quick because we're on a train to hell so uh not recognizing that like not getting over it is a is normal it's, it's right that's process it's okay again. to live and sit in grief for a little bit yes. like the bit when noctis encounters uh shiva in the train is literally my favorite scene in the game because oh he, it's he so sees, good it's he incredible. sees his vision of luna freya um apologizing for basically not being able to be there but together she still believes they can fulfill their purpose and it's revealed that like luna freya's attendant has been shiva in disguise their entire lives like watching over them and really yes. hoping these are the two they're going to figure it out and uh 
you know, with a great compassion smiling on him as he's like sobbing through his tears, like letting go of the, the you know, this grief. It's fucking good. That's well, why the, I come, this is finally, I come to JRPGs for characters in heightened emotional states going through dramatic scenes. And there's nothing more perfectly encapsulating that than that scene to me. The the stuff that makes like the game work is that like one of the, the big complaints is that Luna Freya like is off screen the entire time and dies. Uh, which is a fair complaint. Like she's not like that uh, active a character um, in a game that is all, all dudes. So like I do understand the critique, and I'm not like like silencing it. Uh, I do think it makes it a little like more palatable that it is an important canonical point that it's not Luna Freya dying. Like it's both of them dying. Right? They're both raised to yes. die. They're both, and they've both. Well, Noctis hasn't really realized it, but she's known it the whole time, and he's figuring it out now that she didn't die for him. They're both like being sacrificed for the gods. Also, um, like Luna Freya's presence is over the entire game. Yes. Uh, especially like in retrospect and on a revisit. Like, you know, once you start collecting summons, you only do it because Luna Freya has gone ahead of you at, on her, by herself at great peril to like beseech the gods to give you power when you finally show up. Right. Um, yes. That's the only way you're getting yeah. any of these goddamn summons if she convinces them to do it first because you, you are incapable of that. <laughs> Yeah, and that, and you know that's the problem with Leviathan because she hasn't gotten there first, and you've caught up, and now it's yeah. gonna get fucked. <laughs> um, um, and I think I think that just like that, and plus like the way in which like her her death is processed, just really focus in her as being incredibly important to the plot and the characters in a way that like I don't I don't think she's like underwritten in the way that characters are often complained about when they're underwritten and not part of like the main story. Like she's not in the story much, but she's very important to it. And her presence is felt throughout like yeah, and literally the entire bit, even after the stuff in the train with like Ravis realizing that Ravis has joined the military entirely to protect his sister because she's like a hostage for the military. And he is just waiting for the day where you step up and he can give you your dad's sword, which he took from his dead body and tell you to go get your vengeance. Uh, is good. That stuff's good. Yes. Uh, By the time it, he gets it there, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and every, I mean, like, every scene with Luna Freya in it is just a big hook. It hits hard every time, I feel like. I, whenever she is there, I am upset. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think the difference is, like, I don't think this is necessarily, like, a lo- love story. I don't see their, like, relationship as a love story. I mean, it's, like, kind of... I mean, I absolutely I mean, maybe that. you don't, but... <laughs> love stories, I, I feel like it is there is a different relationship they have where have this like shared uh sheltered royalty growing up with this like tragic fate uh than it is like uh oh we met as kids and want to kiss now i think there is a different thing going on there um more than like the. i mean it's not like it's not like a typical like it's not final fantasy 8 right which is like a very typical like romance uh where they meet it's like funny then it gets serious you know there's problems they they fall is it gonna not work out and they come together whatever um this is writ right like these are these are characters that want to be together that are going to be together by the the fate of the world um but it like at the end of the game, when they are together in the fucking throne room, it, you know, metaphorically in death, they finally get to be together. It's I there's nothing to describe that other than romance to me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, One thousand percent. I guess I don't disagree with that. I just think it's just a different vibe to like uh, other characters in these kind of situations in these games. Yeah, that's true. But um, I don't think that like strips it of that being like a story about these two characters who love each other. They've just, you know understand that their happiness cannot supersede the fate of the world right mm-hmm. yes um and i think i think a lot of times uh especially in like jrpgs you get party members who are like 
you know, we, we can do both. It's important that we get to both be happy and get all the things we want and do the right thing. And it's like, put, put harder choices to your characters. Like we don't need everyone to go home happy uh, to tell your fucking story. Like care about something. I mean, I, I like, there are times I've, I like when someone says this isn't a, like, I like the end of 10 too, right? I like yes, when that's different. I feel like that's fundamentally different. Cause she gives up a lot. <laughs> sure. But Yuna does say, this plan sucks. We don't need to make these sacrifices. Like it is explicitly her saying the choice between these two yeah. things is a binary one. Uh, this is like a false binary one. But the th- the reason that that works is because the alternative is just like hard like work between people. Yeah. Um. And also, we both like the ending where Titus doesn't come back more. Uh, <laughs> like I think it is important in Ten Two if you're playing that game to consider the truth of her being asked by the ghost like do you want to bring Titus back after everything and saying no right yeah I don't think it matters that much either way sure but, but I, I, I do I just yeah. think of other games where it's like we're going to defeat the gods then go on doing all the things we want to do um and there's no consequences dead it just feels like empty right fundamentally mm-hmm. to have to get everything you wanted with like no cost um and 15 is a game to me that feels like the burden of like existing in the world is that you pay prices for everything you want. And so you don't get everything. And sometimes you, those two things are in conflict. You just have to pick one and live with it. And Uh, I don't see enough of that in this sort of fiction. Uh, I I would say, yeah, I guess I'd say like, I can't, I'm trying to think of specific examples. Cause like, I think Final Fantasy is generally good at that. It's just that like, they often go back on it. Yeah, that's like the seven. thing is they're fucking cowards who constantly re the the current the, the continuing multi-decade project to ruin Final Fantasy VII continues apace. We'll be covering that in two months, three like months. The, like it's not even just seven, but like seven has that, and then they made Avent Children and went back on it. Like Kingdom Hearts yeah. has that stuff, and every every plot point of this variety in Kingdom Hearts has been retconned at least three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just continues to happen. Uh, like this. If they brought Jack Garland back, they'd probably fuck that up somehow. Right? I just don't trust them. And then with yeah. 15, they also immediately fucked it up. So they're just like a Square Enix problem on some level. Because they often like nail it the first time and then have to marketing-wise bring it back to sell more stuff. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, but I, I do think that another strength of that is like... Uh, not necessarily just that there are consequences in this game. I think there are consequences in a lot of games... Um, I just think that like the characters are written really well, so I'm really invested in their consequences. Yes. There's definitely sometimes where like I'm playing a video game and like oh a character's died and we're all so sad about it, or like I'm watching an anime right. There are anime where like it's really going for it, it just doesn't hit. Uh, I love the four guys in this game so much, and I feel like their different perspectives and their conflict and they are put, brought into conflicts constantly, right? The four guys are arguing and they have different perspectives on the things that are happening. I think chapter, uh, what's, what's the train one? Is it 11? Is that the, the, That's the one 10. where you, is that 10? Yeah, it's like 10 through 12. Um, and specifically the one where you're going down when an Ignis is like newly blind. That's 10. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's basically just like the masterpiece of the game. It is genuinely like it feels awful. And I'm walking and I have to wait for my friend and he's not the same. He'll never be the same. My other friend hates me. And then Pronto is somehow the worst because he just wants everyone to be nice but can't like say anything to like make that happen. And it's uncomfortable and you just have to walk through it and it takes forever and you go to the campsite and the food's not there and it's fucking the food's oh. not there. And I'm just like all of these disparate elements of this game that were previously just being used to like lead you along through the open world right that were just like very pleasant normal game design stuff get turned on their heads uh to create just some of the best just narrative design in an rpg i've seen i was so impressed i was like 
this is fucking incredible. Why did no one win awards for like this chapter specifically? It's genius. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I think all the. I think like Lunafrey dying and Ignis like being blinded. It went like even if the you know because like a lot of Lunafrey stuff is like in retrospect like replaying mm-hmm. it. I mean that stuff hit way harder knowing everything that comes after. Um, yeah. But um. You know, before that stuff's even laid out to you about like the, the nature of the relationship and the way that she felt about it in like all the cutscenes, uh, you still have to deal with the fact that like Ignis is not who he was, right? Like he can't be, and everyone feels bad about it, but no one can talk about it because everyone's sitting on their feelings. And it's yeah, you're right, it's miserable. That whole sequence, you're climbing down to fight the Malboro, fucking sucks. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Intentionally, as a storytelling talk- bit, it's yeah. Yeah, Gladio can't figure out how to talk about it at all because his friend got hurt and also like, yes, I know that your fiance died, but like your friend sacrificed something to help you uh, and Noctis is in his feelings because, you know, his fiance just died uh, and he didn't have anything to do with the Ignis thing. So he's like, well, why is this my fault? Hang on. Uh, And also the natural tendency of you to just play the video game, uh, Gladio just yells at you constantly making you feel bad. Like you're really going to run ahead? Like we're fucking stumbling through the mud here. What are you doing? Also, dude, it's not my fault that his AI is so bad on the stairs. Please be nice to me for one minute. Please. He can't get up those stairs on his own. I'm just uh, trying to finish the mission. This time, this time, because I played the game before, I just fucking ran into all the stuff. You don't really need them to do any of it. Yeah, no. I didn't, I didn't but know. But it feels this, terrible. I didn't know if something would go wrong. Like, if, if like, Ignis yeah, would, I didn't exactly. know. Exactly. No, no, no. This is, this is New Game Plus stuff, right? Yeah, this is like I could I I mean I stood with it the whole way because I didn't want Gladio to yell at me. I hate when Gladio time, yells at me. The first time I did that, this time I was like, what if I just go and do it all? And I just did it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's not a lot going on in there. It's yeah. just you know you just got to go do little fetchy quest stuff. That's like specifically annoying because they know you're gonna be walking slow. It's like oh you're gonna you have to fight the Malboro basically by yourself. I'm like yeah I got the king, the the ring of Lucius. I'm just gonna compress the Malboro yeah, it's, in a little. Just point. gonna zap him for a while. <laughs> um yeah it's just. Uh, fantastic I, I feel like the whole back half of this game is um just firing on all cylinders design wise even though this was the stuff that ended up pissing people off i guess like yeah. uh this 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 chapter is slow walking uh with characters that aren't like responding to commands like they used to because their commands have been taken away because they've been changed permanently by the adventure uh you lose prompto in the next chapter uh then when you get to chapter 13 like you have no one and you just have this little ring and you're doing like stealth mission stuff and it was like fairly easy because they beefed the ring up so much of the thing i'd learned that's how they changed it um yeah but the initial design intent of like you lose your friends and you can't do anything i'm like that's good that's good game design it's clearly meant to suck on purpose i don't know if they nailed the balancing i'm not like here to say like oh everyone who was mad about this in 2016 was wrong because i i don't i literally haven't played the stealth section yeah i didn't play it then i have no i don't know how like and maybe it gets so annoying that like the benefits are outweighed so i do get the frustration there but like conceptually i'm like that is clearly uh very smart like you lose your friends and you feel it you fucking feel it and then you get your friends back and it's like damn me and my homies can take on the world it's great uh, unless you're me this time where I played the other version where you play as uh, Gladio and uh, Ignis and Arden immediately just gives you your weapons back and you just play a two person version of running around cutting guys for oh. minutes. <laughs> it's okay. really and then you go to like a command room and you see all the cutscenes that are important that Noctis does on like a fucking video screen <laughs> that's hey, so Noctis, stupid what you doing bud that's so fucking stupid. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, but then if you play as Noctis, you get to, like, dodge cast holy, and it's so sick. Yeah, that part's great. 
Yeah, I was curious about, like, I'm not gonna, I, there's no world in which I pick the Gladio and Ignis part, even if I had already played the Noctis part. Oh, I did part. it, don't worry, I did it this time. Uh, yeah, but it yeah, it just didn't sound that interesting, really. It's really so. bad, don't, don't do that. The entire Great. section's meant to be about Noctis alone, yes. uh, away from his friends. Yeah, yeah, that's the story. That's the, that's the story. The story is he's alone away from his friends, and all you can rely on is this, like, evil ring that he doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, and Arden's being the Joker and taunting him. Yes. Arden is so the Joker. It's so funny. I, this is going to have to get walked back extremely when we talk about the extra <laughs> material in another podcast, right? But the character of Arden in, in the video this game. game, in the yes. performance. So I also want to caveat, like when I played this time, I played in Japanese, um, which I don't think like is better or worse. I just, there's some, there's active choices here that are uh, significant because we do Great Gundam Project and there's some serendipity uh, with Arden's voice actor being in Double O Gundam. Um, and uh, I think Arden might be my favorite Final Fantasy villain after all this. And right. not because of like, he's well-written. Promise you, it's not because of that. I just think the way in which he is presented like broad scope as like a, he's a Joker man, but what that means in the framework of the, this game with its new setting and stuff, I think is really interesting. Cause like for the first half of the game, he is a guy that you basically already have bad vibes about, right? Like the vibes are off. You know, you find out he's the chancellor of the evil, uh, evil empire that you're fighting against. He could throw you in jail or order you executed at any time, but instead he just kind of dangles access in front of you. Like, it's so much about like Noctis as someone who is responsible, has responsibilities, has to eat shit and like be nice to this guy who just has power over him. Um, and I think that works way better in like a modern setting like this game where like he needs to get he needs to get like a key card to get through a fucking gate to go see the big Titan in the in the cat in the, right. you know, the crevice. Right. Um, and I think like the modern setting really leads to sometimes there's just guys with institutional power that you can't just fight. You can't run up and like do a double team with your swords like you can when it's a general, right? Um, mm. Those guys exist in this game. Like I think Ravis is like one of those. The Ravis fight's a little different because he's been turned to a demon at that point. But like um, in Final Fantasy VI, uh, Kefka's like generals. That's just a guy you're gonna fucking go kill. Uh, so much of the first part of the game is like Arden's not a guy you kill. He's a guy you have to be nice to because he he knows how to get doors open for you, <laughs> metaphorically and physically. <laughs> He's not a guy you kill. He's a guy you buy. <laughs> exactly. No, that's yeah. literally it. You have to entertain him so he'll let you do the things you want to do. Because he right, knows what you're doing. He'll give you a ride if you don't kill him. Yeah, exactly. And it just you just have to like eat shit and grin and bear it. And I think that's like really good at establishing him as just someone you find. And he's like just having so much fun with it the entire time. In both voice, voice performances of Arden. Arden's a guy who's truly enjoying fucking with you. Yeah, yes. it's a villain I don't generally... I don't generally like the villain who's like, I love being evil and doing evil things evilly. Uh, like, I don't really like Kefka, uh, who's a similar no. like Joker, Joker Man style thing. Uh, but Kefka doesn't have any like relationship with the characters other than occasionally, like, you know, he was the guy in charge of Sid's experiments that like, has, like, stuff with Celis, right? So, like, he's just an evil yeah. guy that shows up in his... But this kind of, like, personal antagonism he has with Arden uh, and, and Noctis is really good, actually, because I, I just, like how it's framed in the video game, which is that, why is this guy hanging around us? He's clearly evil. What the fuck did we deserve this annoying guy? Well, one, of the, um, one of the things that's interesting to me is uh, so much of the game, outside of the four guys and uh, Iris, everyone you meet in the game is like someone you are introduced to in the game. Like, this is me, this is my position, this is how I relate to you. And the relationships are built. And so Arden is not given any less time to become fond of the party than like Cindy or Talcott, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
if, if it was a different if it was a different story, if he was not a, the sicko evil guy, he would just be one of the guys you always look forward to coming back to. It's like, oh, this is the guy that like knows what's what with me. He's like the secret CAA guy I talked to. Turns out he's super evil. Um, but I think that by the part where he's fucking around on the train and pretending or he he disguises Prompto as himself. So Noctis tries to kill Prompto acting yeah. as as Arden. He like he thinks it's Arden. So he's attacking. It's like, dude, what are you doing? But like it's come to the point where Arden's a guy who refers to everyone by first name basis. He's really like he's he's invested in the party. He, he like knows these people. He's not friends with them, but they're like the closest relationships he has in the world. And it just gives it a, a tenor that is like really interesting to me. Well, because he wants Noctis to win. Like, yeah, yes. Also, he wants Noctis to win. He wants yeah, Noctis he needs to, Noctis to, to win because he's sick of this shit. Um, and he doesn't necessarily at the end want to be murdered, but he does want Noctis to like rise up to his level, right? That's the yes. whole point of the game. Yeah. Is he wants to just look someone else in the eye who's been dealing with this shit? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he wants to destroy the, the bloodline of the king, but he only wants that to happen when he like earned it by fighting a fully powered Noctis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he, he doesn't actually want like revenge on Noctis, right? He doesn't know anything about Noctis. He's just like annoyed of the trivial, like the the, the gods' machinations. Yeah, yeah. Whichever uh, one of these guys is the true kings is getting fucked up. I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, and so his fondness of Noctis just comes from like the stuff because this is what he's done the last like few years, right? It's just he's been his life lately. He's been following you. Yeah. Um. He's just hate following you. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes absolutely it's one of those things where you just get way too invested in a guy that you fucking hate because yes. you're like <laughs> and i think that really works i think i think this is one of those stories that works better because the game is like a modern setting right like it's a fantasy modern but it's a modern setting i just think the way these two characters interact only make doesn't make sense if it's like knights and castles but it makes a lot of sense in a world where like i know so many people in my life that i encounter through the power structures of the worlds i live in that i fucking hate but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I love the fantasy setting of this game. I think that the uh, the Americana like road stops are great. Um, not only are they just great like vibe wise, but they're also just like someone needs a reward uh, from the organization of budgeting and producers because you get the entire vibe of a town and a different new location uh, with like four buildings. Great job, everybody. You've managed to make a new Final Fantasy on a modern budget in a few years out of the wreckage of another one uh, using design decisions like that, right? Like different yeah. uh, towns uh, or like, um, you know, uh, different different rest stops have different like vibes and feelings to them, and it's like reuse. Like you see that diner a lot, and it's not like unique every time. But it it does mean like there are like thirty rest stops in the game, and they all feel relatively different uh, as opposed to like there are like, the the one big town is not. I don't feel any better about it than I do the rest stops because that I just they're just more running. Right? It just means more fucking running between points. It's not like it necessarily has more unique things to do there. Um, even though I've heard this game described about as only having one town. I just think that's a, a disingenuous way to describe what they've actually done production-wise. Right, it's uh, not, I mean, it's just not a game about going to towns, you know? I do. I mean, I it do. is in that, like, each rest stop is its own thing, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I also think the way in which those air, those these rest stop areas take the, like, evocative nature of you are, like, driving at night and you see the island of like the fucking gas station in the gloom and it is a safe haven to pull up and get you know a drink whatever as like because the nature of the demons it's where people go for safety right like yeah. these these little oases of floodlights are truly the only place where you are safe from demons who are going to burst out at night and tear you apart 
Um, and the way it literalizes the feeling of like driving at night in, in particular, I think is really good. Uh, yeah, I love the like aesthetics of like the, the floodlights on the highway, right? When you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, finally, we got to gotta stop. Oh, the, the one blue giant's not going to show up and kill me again. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, and like, well, Stalin in particular is just like a really aggressively over large road stop in some ways. Um, but that's why I like when you, you, you know, right at the turn of where the game becomes something else, you go to Altissia and Altissia is a fucking fantasy city. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's wild there and every, it, 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 the game just like can't handle like the layout. Cause it's like a, it's like a Venice where you have to take boats everywhere, but like finding the right boat for, cause all the oh, boats are on so routes annoying. is really annoying. Um, but also it's like, there's just like a, there's like a monster arena in there. There's just like fantasy RPG stuff that's happening in that town that you, you don't really interact with the rest of the game. Uh, like that stuff exists like on the, the back burner, but it's way more about like, oh, I'm doing field research or here's my chocobo stand or, uh, you know, I'm collecting dog tags from guys who've been killed out in the woods um and in here it's like haunted paintings and uh and, and monster arenas it just has a different vibe and i think that like realizing the world out there is just different than uh than lucius is is interesting but you only get a taste of it because there's not much game after that yeah and yeah. it's clear like I assume at one point I can see this design doc so well in my head is originally it was like, all right, three worlds, world one, main world, world two, the slightly smaller Nivelheim world, world three, world of ruin, right? Bam, 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 bam. I bet those are planned to all have their own side quests and all things. <laughs> there's there's a whole bit where you go, like on the train, you stop at uh, like a train station near Tenebrae and you meet with Arnea, who we haven't really talked about yet, but like... Um, and it's like two platforms and the 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 vista of a castle on fire that would have been a dungeon, but we don't have time for that. Please go home. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah. There's get like back a on the town. train, Shiva's ahead. Yeah. There's like a whole town and castle that like clearly would in a different version of this game could have been like a huge set piece area that you just kind of see as like a skybox and then you turn back and get on the train. <laughs> well, that would have been cool. Okay, bye. Goodbye now. Yeah. Um and I absolutely see like oh, I see how this would have gone in the uh more complete version but it, i don't i think like the the cuts they made are, are smart considering the deadline they were on which was like this game, this game also, was made fast it also leads to a thing that i think rpgs in general have a really hard time with just because the nature of game production where it the world feels underwritten in the way that is evocative right where it's like they've left spaces for you to imagine more and because video games don't make extra content that they don't put in the fucking video game that often, you don't get, usually it goes the other way where you feel like every bit has been squeezed out and every connection that could be made has been made. And you're like, wow, I'm really exhausted about this place. Um, but you're like, I don't even know what's up with Tenebrae. <laughs> we don't really, we, we go to the, by the time we get to the capital city of Niflheim, it's a ghost town. They've evacuated everyone or they're turned into demons. <laughs> Right, yeah, like, the whole train line is fucked uh, yeah. when you get in there. Like, you get derailed. You have to ride the regalia half the way in. Yeah. Um, and, all, uh, like, that, the, it's it's a major capital city. It's as big as, uh, it's as big as Insomnia. And you, you don't even really go to Insomnia. Like, by the time you get there, it's ruins, and you're in, like, three little areas of Insomnia um, that are all covered with, like, monsters. Um, you, you don't get to explore the big cities. They only get to exist in your imagination. And I think that like is better for it because when you fucking watch Kingslave and you see the city, you're like, man, this is just turned the most boring thing in the world. I do think that not having insomnia is a little bit of a loss. Like uh, I think that if I was going to add one bit of like world to the game, it would be, I would make it playable when you leave insomnia. That's the one change I would make. As because like then one little area where you're yes. walking to the car. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
I think that if you're, I think it would make a difference if you are walking through the space and then the space you walk down the end of the game is that one same street. I think that yeah, would no, mean something. Yeah, you, you know. This is my same feeling of like, I think it sucks that in Kingdom Hearts 3, you go to the mansion, but you don't walk down to the basement, right? Like, the, the, I think having a playable space does make an impact. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, fair enough. And I think that only being a CG cutscene does like lessen its impact slightly, but it was not like a huge deal. Like, yeah. like I say, the game and, made very fast out of the wreckage of another cancelled video game. Um, the cuts in this game are weird because there's stuff that's like... There's dungeons, like all the, most of the dungeons game are totally optional. There's like plat the entire platforming dungeons and puzzle dungeons in this game where you're not going to see them in the main course of the game, but they're, they're tucked away if you want to do them. Um, there's a whole mini game that's introduced once about like Noctis having to act like a king in a political so situation. Good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it kind of sucks. I was like, well, I just pressed the good option every time and it always works. But uh, conceptually, I was like, fuck yes, political mini games, stupid. This is what I love about Final Fantasy is stupid mini games. I like the idea. I, I there's a version of this game where like Noctis has to do that like half a dozen times in the course of the game, where every time he has to negotiate with someone who's more powerful than him, he has to do the King mini game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promise we'll clean up your city after I'm done ruining it. I yes. promise. Oh, I bet that she was real happy about those agreements it's, after the it, fucking. It's most important that we evacuate that. everyone. Yeah. Yes. It after went Leviathan so much just destroys the whole city. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then you know Titan shows up in the bathtub, and it's like, God damn it, dude! <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, it's rough out there. It's all right. Fancy Hillary Clinton's got it. <laughs> She's gonna girl boss her way out of this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, so true. Um, we so we haven't actually like we've talked around it. We've talked about like the theme stuff. We haven't really talked about the actual thing that makes this game uh, one of the best Final Fantasies. I we did. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the, the fucking end of the video game, the, the ending of Final Fantasy 15, the ending, yes. the final, the final bits of it, the last true. campsite, last campsite, final so campsite. Here's, yeah. here's the thing about me is um, them in the throne room means more to me than last campsite. And I understand everyone likes last campsite more. And I'm not saying you're wrong. It's very good. But for me, it's all about the thing I like about this game is Noctis and Luna Freya more than I like Noctis and the boys. And I know that's like the minority opinion on this, but that's just where my heart's at. I like them all. You can't. Yeah, I like them all. But I, everyone <laughs> always shouts out all the boys, and I don't really care about Luna Frey. It's, it's sad she's not playable. What if that DLC had come out? And I'm like, I don't care about that. I think Nox and Luna Frey are like the second, second most compelling romance in Final Fantasy. Yeah, the part, the part where Luna Frey, like, if Luna Frey was playable, it would have been bad. Sorry, I really like the part. I like what we got. Uh, and it makes me upset every time. I just, you, you know. Did you just say second? Like, yeah. what? No, it's not. Second yeah, to who? Uh, Squall and Renoa. Okay, so you're putting them above fucking Titus and Yuna. Are you crazy? Yeah. Are you yeah, cra Are you high and crazy right now no, on this no, podcast? No, 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 because... Um, Emma's spitting right now. Because <laughs> no. Ten-2 exists, and ten is not about Titus. No, but Ten-1 is. Yeah, I know. I'm, look, it's close, but I, uh, I, I think I care more about uh, Nox and Luna Freya than I do Tears and Yuna. Well, I'm gonna be normal and say I care about the boys. I care about the photo. I care about yeah. he goes to die and he needs one more photo. And then you spend ten minutes scrolling through every photo that the game's ever taken, and I'm like, game design is so easy every photo <laughs> game does this they all do it and it works every time because it's an easy win not that shit out the park that fucking baseball image where there's a nuke on the end of a baseball bat boom that shit is out of here it's goated better yeah, kill me in one hit better kill me in one hit uh incredible i'm like scrolling through the images and they always 
I'm going to pick the one of everyone setting off uh, from Kaim, uh, yep. the, the group photo of everyone. Um, and it's not it's, what I picked the second time, but it is what I picked the first time. It's just the obvious one to me, because I, I want an Iris yeah, in yeah. there. I like Iris a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Iris was great. Uh, Iris is the, great. <laughs> the part where you, they bring up the photos, I'm like, you sons of bitches, I know exactly what you're doing. And then they do it, and then I'm like, God damn it, get me anyway. Gets me every fucking time. I love every fucking time. Yeah, I think the entire like the entire world of ruined sequence, which is very sh- truncated and was clearly meant to be longer. Uh, but the stuff they did do, incredible. The sense of like you go, you like you speak to Talcott and it's Talcott and he's like older now. And you're like, damn, that's Talcott. Man, when Talcott picks you up, it's so good. Because uh, Talcott picks you up when like there's no direct like they they let you run on those roads thinking you're just gonna have to run for like 15 yes. minutes for a long while. Yes. Uh, and you see Talcott, and, oh, there's, there's someone, actually someone on the road. Is they gonna explain anything? And it's Talcott, and he's like, hey, uh, oh, it's you. Okay, sure. Uh, and you figure out what's going on, and then you meet your homies, and then you head out into the the city, and and you have the final campsite. Which so the final campsite scene is the mid credit scene. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not even in the main game, which I think is really good. I love that they save it. Yeah. Um, and so the first time uh, I saw the final campsite, like before even that scene was just, just the initial version of the final campsite is like them eating in total silence with the words final yes. campsite on screen. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, you fucking, I'm crying guys. I'm crying right now. <laughs> this means everything to me. Uh, before you like slowly walk down the main streets, uh, and then like, you know, there's the, the, the big fight with all the gods showing up and, um, helping you and that's oh, you're cool. parkour ifrit yeah that's sick because you fight ifrit and you cl- yeah. catch up to the main flash forwards uh and you head in and then there's the bit they added which is like the three boss fights against the former kings and that's cool because every every homie gets a moment and you get in the throne room and then you get fucking off my chair jester the king sits there you're like yes <laughs> 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 i'm like and i love gaming. the matrix revolution <laughs> yeah and then the matrix revolution happens and then <laughs> matrix you- happens and you head back in into the throne room and you just sit there as your dad stabs you to death. And it's fucking cool. It's, it's cool. It's so good. Yeah. His hand falling off the sword and then gripping it again. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love that scene. I'm just like, man, they still fucking got it. They still got it. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, it's like just basic elements. This is Kingdom Hearts is light to me, right? Like, Yeah. There's just a good king who has the power of light and he's going to do good with it. And it's powerful and uh, simple. You know, it works because it's simple. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard to do, right? It just requires yeah. a lot of sacrifice to do it. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that it's not like the crystals are evil stuff because it is basically the same plot as 13 on some level, which is that like there are evil gods, there are gods, not evil gods, but there are, there are gods, right? And the gods want a thing that is done. They want to do a thing to like erase a problem from long ago. Uh, and to do that, they're like, putting their power in the form of people who they were like tasking with like tragic burdens uh, to fix it for them. Um, and 13 is all about how like, Oh, we don't want to do that. Uh, and it's evil and we've got to stop them and fight them. And uh, we'll have more, I'll have more to say that about that in a couple months uh, as I finish that and um, revisit how that goes. But I love this bit. Like it ended up being more, I, I can't imagine this being how versus 13 ended, but like, I can't think of a more fucking versus 13 as a phrase thing to have that entire thing ripped on its head. Right. Uh, of like, you know, the gods choose Noctis for their purpose and they turn him into a crystal for it and he just, like, deals with it. He just accepts it uh, and nobly, like, is like, I guess it's going to be me. Uh, and it fucking hits every time. I'm like, damn, I'm going to cry. And then at the end, when the, the uh, you know, the, the sun rises on everyone and you see the new daybreak over the fucking campsites. Over uh, the Coleman and, chairs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I love gaming. 
uh, ugly and crying then, the whole time. Yeah, the the, yeah. the very end credit scene of the of Regis talking about how proud he is of his son. It goes over the like throne room uh, that's been restored, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, king and queen sitting on the throne looking at the photo before falling asleep. It's and Final Fantasy theme drops exactly once in this moment. Uh, perfect ending, maybe the best one they've done. Yeah, it's up. There. It's so good. If it's not like number one, then it's like number three at minimum on any given day. It's that good. Yeah. Um, absolutely adored this final scene. The fucking the empty throne, the empty throne, and just the photo there, and then it's oh man, and then the logo fades in, and I'm like fucking gaming. It's so good. Yeah. This is just what I want from games, is I want, uh, or at least from these kind of RPGs, I want big melodrama where I'm going to cry a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got to talk about the DLCs. Oh, yeah. There are three Let's DLCs. Roll back. Let's roll back the enthusiasm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the part that's like mid. Well, okay. It's mid episode Gladio- Gladiolus, which is fine. Totally fine. So Very little happens. Yeah. One of the it's things capital that- F fine. Uh, Gladiolus is like more, a little bit more of an action game. Um, I don't think it's very interesting. Uh, he does hang out with Core, who's like my favorite guy who doesn't matter ever. I just like Core a lot. Every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Core's great because you find out he's way older than he should be. Core, Core the Immortal just being like secretly a guy who runs a CIA. Uh, I always like guys who secretly run a CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard this about you. <laughs> yeah. It's not really that secret. He's the leader of no, the Crown's no, no. God. But every when he shows up and he's like, you know, telling Noctis, oh, this is how you get the, the, you know, the king's weapons. And I'll show you. And there was like, oh, he's a real badass. And then later him and uh, he he just has this nice thing with Gladio where he talks about like, oh, I did this when I was like 15 and uh, I ate shit because I was 15. But you uh, you're doing it way later. And I think you'll be all right. And it turns out you are because you beat Gilgamesh's ass. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Gilgamesh. That was a cool boss fight. Yeah. I think the version of uh, Battle on the Big Bridge is weak in this, but whatever. It, it's not on a big bridge is the thing. <laughs> I do like the arena being like this, like one, like it's like a, it's like a bridge. It's like a spire. Yeah, but there's it's, just like, like, it's like a th- stone outcropping or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's just doing the, uh, the Keyblade graveyard, but for all of the sword masters <laughs> yes. who failed fighting <laughs> Gilgamesh. Yes. Um, so that part's all right. And then there's uh, episode uh, uh, Prompto, the yeah. which sucks. Oh, my God. So, this one didn't happen. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, episode Prompto one Prompto's mechanics as like a guy who shoots guns are not very interesting to me. Just straight up. This has, is one of the worst shooters I've ever played. <laughs> it has a it has a vehicle escape sequence on a fucking snowmobile and a big turret sequence at the end of the game. Also, I'm just like, it's just like a bunch of shit from boring AAA games. Why are you doing this? The um, turret was okay. The rest of it sucked ass. Multiple flashbacks to Prompto's backstory where he was like fat and sad. Yeah. Even though- <laughs> For no reason. Well, it's like the whole, the whole reason they're doing this is to address the fact that the backstory from that terrible anime uh, doesn't make sense at all with the stated backstory from the game, which has a whole different secret twist backstory so, and is trying to like meld them into one for some when reason. I, when I played the game originally, like the, the first time, I, I played a little bit of, I played through episode Gladio and I was like, okay, that wasn't that good. I'm not going to play the rest of these. Um, and so I had just assumed that like, the Brotherhood backstory of like sad fat Prompto was fake because Prompto always knew that he was a, a demon, like a Magitek, which is built like 
a biological weapon made out of like the soul of a demon. Um, but it turns out he only found that out about 20 minutes before he tells you. <laughs> you da, 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 da. It's so funny. That's a retcon. In the video game yes, they wrote. It is straight up a retcon. 100% as a fact. He knew the whole time. The whole reason yes. he tells you and is like kicking his feet about it is because he's known the whole time. The entire yes. reason he's been insecure about it is because he's known the whole time. That's the core of his character. He yes. did not learn 15 minutes ago. Yeah. By the way, Noctis, I killed the worm from Bionic Commando a few minutes ago. But don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I met Arani and she was really badass, but she didn't decide to come with us. So Yeah, she was so cool, but she left. Uh, this happened for real and we made out also. <laughs> <laughs> Aranea showing up to being like, this character oh, fucking sucks, I'm leaving, is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> she shows up and she's like, dude, you gotta get over this. Okay, bye. No, because I, I had a fucking peyote dream in the forest that you tried to kill me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so silly. What a, yeah. It's a bad DLC. And also, the, the part where, like, you do that big boss fight and then you have to get, like, Prompto has to be in that tower, like... Yeah, you yes. gotta also, get him there somehow. It ends with him escaping, so he's just gonna get captured again. So, like, everything right. that happens is pointless. Because What's the Arden's point? just gonna, Yeah, because, like, over the credits, it's like Arden's still watching him. Like, yeah, of course he, because he's gonna be captured in. Yeah, because I have to go get him later. And I'm like, what? Why does the. I ex assumed it would explain how he got captured, but instead it starts with him immediately being captured and then escaping. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he's gonna get captured again. Prompto, where did you get your winter outfit? Tell me right now. He is looking pretty, uh, pretty cozy. He's looking cozy. Um, and then we get the, the best of the three DLCs, which is Episode Ignis. Um, yeah. This which is about Ignis doing Assassin's Creed neighborhood cleanup with Batman grapple mechanics in Alticia at the moment the Empire is attacking and Leviathan and uh, uh, Titan are fucking around. <laughs> yeah, so that's this one just... is good because it takes place in Final Fantasy 15, unlike the other two. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, but let's also like take a step back and just declare for one minute the very true fact uh, that the most important game to Square Enix is Assassin's Creed. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, I've been saying yeah, this for years, literally years. But I think that doing this DLC, I'm like, oh, you, you, they really just fucking stole everything, huh? They love and like this game would go on to have an Assassin's Creed collab that is sadly out of the game now. They did not leave it in like the Terra Battle card game yeah. crossover. Uh, which is a shame. The Battle love Crossover is actually really good. So I'm just saying they should have left this Assassin's yeah. Creed festival in the game. Yeah, no, they should have. Um, and uh, so Ignis falls into some water and gets a new hairstyle where his hair is all sexy and tussled. Or he's and an anime I boy. I hate this. I hate sexy I, Ignis. I love, I love, I love no, hair it's down great. Ignis. I'm it's so it. funny. He falls in the water and he's wearing his fucking leopard print shirt. He's got his little <laughs> sexy boy haircut. It's so funny. It, it it just it just looks so wrong when he's got fucking Roxas hair. I'm like, that's what is what is going on with Ignis, he man? Looks, um, by the end of this DLC, he looks like he should be the main character of this well, game. Yeah, he he, and then it's revealed that he has like hot weapon swap Dante uh, elemental weapons that he can use to do a bunch of different like oh, stance so attacks, sick. and it's so good. <laughs> He can get up to like four times damage instantly across any boss. And I'm like, Ignis, yes. that would have come in so helpful in many areas. <laughs> yeah, I wish you would have done any of this before, my friend. You were just a Libra guy. <laughs> Where was this? <laughs> right, I just had you on scam duty. Where was your grapple hook when we needed it? Well, it broke. It broke. Uh, He's like, yeah, Revis, I mean, it's, Revis Revis it's like it. rated for my weight only. I couldn't have carried anyone else. Right. <laughs> it's it's only one, for me. The one mention of episode odd, and I will just for gameplay stuff, is that like, 
the, the direction they are clearly moving into with the like addition of the grapple hooks and the Arden grapple hook as well is like they just want more momentum even than the like warp strike allows right more ability to get on top of rooftops to like walk around stuff more assassin's creed shit constantly all we want in our games almost as if they're about to make an open world superhero power game <coughs> we'll talk about this when we yeah, talk about crazy stuff because <laughs> the the dlc genuinely points to where forespoken, forespoken goes yes <laughs> i look at i look at the dlc i'm like oh they just reused half the ideas for forespoken no wonder that game is weird yeah that game yeah yes um, um but the part uh where ignis puts on the ring fucking rips so yeah so it, there's a whole bit where he's going he's going to where luna Frey is and runs across um ravis they have a fucking cool fight him and ravis um and then arden shows up and uh because because he wants to stop he wants to like save luna freya but ravis knows luna freya has to complete her task or whatever right that's why they're fighting um because it assumes you've played the video game at this point. Um, but um, then what the, you do a fight and then Arden shows up and is about to capture both of you. And Ignis puts on the fucking ring and asks the Kings for help, which if you watch Kingsglaive, Kingsglaive, no, if you if you're not the king, and you use the ring, you fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it turns well, out Ramus got his arm eaten or whatever, right? Is yeah. That- that was Red. implied to be the same thing. Yes. In Kingsglaive, yeah. he fucking dies with his arm burning, but apparently he was fine. He just lost his arm. He's lost in that arm. movie, it looks like he fucking dies. Yeah. So when he Ray just showed up in the arm. game, it was like, he died. You died. And then, and then the, main char- the main character of Kingsglaive uses the ring and dies. Um, yes. Though he uses it in like the extreme way you do in the uh, the alternate ending to episode Ignis, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> yes. Um. But uh, yeah, so he that's how he lost his sight, because they took a sight with like the burning power of the uh, the ring. And then you with ring powers take on Arden um, and he still you like you fight to a standstill. He's like, this is boring. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. But in doing so, that's right. He gives you a vision of everything that's happening in the video. That's going to happen to not when you put on the ring, you get a vision of all the things that are supposed to happen. And it turns out that when it when. Noctis woke up and Luna Freya is dead and Ignis was like, are you sure you want to continue? The cost might be too great. He was asking him, would you like to complete your sacrifice king that you don't even know about yet? And yes. when he goes, yes, he's like, oh, this is my burden as the, your gay adjutant. I'm going to have to go with you to do this and I'll do right. it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so good. I It didn't even like occur to me that he was like sitting away from Noctis so that he wouldn't see his face, you know? Yeah. Just did not occur to me. And then they do this scene in episode Ignis. I'm like, oh, that's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and then once you do that, you unlock the capacity where Arden's like, oh, join me. You can say yes. As a feint, it's very clear that this is a feint at times. Like, oh, I'm going to get a chance to fucking kill Arden. And so you replay the part in the capital where he like takes you up the crystal, but it's just, it's just uh, Ignis this time. And you get to like the crystal chamber and he explains all of his plan again, uh, just to you. And then you, you're like, I'm going to end this and save the King. So he won't sacrifice himself and take you, you ask the gods for power and the Kings and they give you the power and you have the world's longest boss fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not a great boss fight. No. Um, but you do kill Arden supposedly. Um, only briefly for this moment, I assumed. 
Yeah, I guess I guess so. But like, it's enough to where when when so here's the thing: you you fight you fight Arden and you use all the king powers and you're about to die because he's he's like Ignis has used up the the his life in channeling the ring and right before he collapses dead after Arden's been quote unquote destroyed, Noctis comes in and is like, "I will take the ring if you save my friend." And so Ignis is immediately healed, uh, fully supposedly, um. And then that's when Noctis goes into the like crystal, uh, which changes the entire outcome of the game because like Ravis didn't become a demon or whatever. And so it cuts forward to 10 years later when you're approaching the stairs of the castle and Ravis is there in person with a shitty beard to give you your dad's yeah. sword. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so it's like, implied, oh, Arden's oh, still in the throne room, right? Like Arden's still there? Yeah, so it's implied that he goes in with the sword with now five guys backing up instead of three guys, defeats Arden with no cost of his life, and then he just becomes the good king, and Ignis is like, I put this into power. I've saved everyone, and now I can be your gay adjutant forever. Well, let's hope we don't do an even th- a third, even more stupid retcon. <laughs> yes. This is like, it's bad, but it's f- funny. It's funny. And I like yes. Ignis. I'm not, it, it, it's also clearly an alternative I was, path. I was howling at Ravis in a bad character creator beard <laughs> on the steps waiting for you. I think it's really trying, funny. Trying to do a second alternate ending retcon, but like out of three scenes, like constructed in a like collage that don't connect at all. You have to like imagine what happened in between them. And also it's really fucking dumb. I'm like, yeah. what's going on over there guys? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, Ignis is, if you're going to play one of them, play Ignis. Cause it, the game itself is fucking sick. I would love to play like a six hour game yeah. with the Ignis mechanics. Same. Yeah. It was really cool. That is absolutely would support like a five hour PS3 game. Yeah. Cool also, I'm Creed. glad I played it last because I thought about playing Prompto last, and that would have ruined everything for oh, me. Oh so. no, that oh, would have yeah, been no. bad. Oh, if the final boss fight you did was the fucking big one. Was the fucking wor- no, well? Now you say it like that, I'm like, you know what? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I love to kill a big worm. So, um, yeah, I, I did not love the DLC overall. No. I thought it was mostly very bad. Um, yeah, watching them experiment with this. using this engine to make different types of games, I think, is the really interesting yes. thing here. Um, yeah, and then you go, well, this engine really can't do much other than the thing you made it make. Uh, which, you know, there's a reason that the Luminous Engine and the team basically have been dissolved at this point. Um, yeah, uh, the stuff with Luminous is... Because, like, Luminous didn't exist when they made... Like, that was just Business Division 2, and now they're Business Division 2 again. So I'm like, what's going yes. on over there? Are they all making Dragon Quest now? Uh, we will, Could Square we Enix name sure. something better, please? I'm so sick of hearing people say Business Division 2 like it means something. Sorry. No, well, it's fine. No, the Square they, Enix's fault. They they were in Business Division Two, so okay. I will actually explain this for no, I won't because there's a whole second podcast. You have to listen to the other podcast. I explain them. We just remembered our pledge to not fucking ruin this with Square Enix bullshits. Uh, created Business Unit Three. Let's talk about it. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, which one? CBE Four. Who? What do they make? Email in if you know. Don't look it up on Wikipedia. I was, I was literally just looking at it right now. So. <laughs> to be fair, it's the one no one would think about. So That's right. It Quietly. comprises the former Business Division 8 and Business Division 10. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we know way too much about this. We can't do this now. Yeah, this is yeah. not a real organizational structure. Well, that's why the Square Enix is constantly happening. Yeah. yeah. And they, they all fucking the hate each other. That's the they other secret sauce. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, do we have anything else about 15? We have a bunch of questions that we could get to. 
Um, I um, fucking loved it. Game. Good game. Um, it's a it's a romance story. The end. I between for a while now. Noctis. I have been I have for a while now I have been calling it my third favorite Final Fantasy and I'll admit at some point I was doing that mostly out of like I think this one is under champion I think it's really good replaying it no it fucking earns that spot it doesn't reach the heights of eight or the tens which are my favorite like, nothing is going to me- mean to me what Final Fantasy eight means to me it's I, I'm just a different person right uh, I'm not a teenager anymore um, but Final Fantasy 15 uh, is incredible and when people talk about it, I'm I I wonder if they paid attention to the video game they played sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need to play ten because I was twenty years old when I played it the first time and I didn't like it. I, but oh, I would like it more now. Good. Yeah, I think you'd like it quite a bit. I think you'd enjoy ten. I think you'd be like it's a little slow sometimes. Because um, the good thing that fifteen does is it's very modern, snappy. Like everything happens real quick. The cutscenes aren't even that long, honestly, by Final Fantasy standards. No, they're yeah. not. Uh, moves at a good clip at all times. Um, I think it's very accessible in a way that like Final Fantasy games often aren't. Like one of the best things about 15 is that, and we didn't really talk about this, but like you start the game, uh, the first thing you see is a short flash forward. Then you get a very good cutscene where uh, your mission is established, your character is established, your entire relationship with your crew is established, and what you're doing is established. Then you get the push in the car. Uh, then you get the title sequence. Then within like eight minutes, you are playing the video game, and not like you—it's playable. I mean, the the video game that you are playing is yeah, the you're game. Doing you, you know, you're doing hunts and camping. You're doing all the things. Yes. Yeah, you're in the yeah, open Cindy world. Cindy says, "Go car. kill some shit." Yeah, and you're just instantly there playing the fucking video game immediately, and it's the same game you will continue to play. And um, it's just very thoughtfully like, "Oh, this is a game for some normal people, for fans and first timers." You may in fact say. Uh, I think it earns that. Uh, for as like much of a disaster all the like production stuff around it is, I think it genuinely earns that.
If you want to send an email, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they can be about any games, not just the game we're covering. Uh, I think all of these are about Final Fantasy XV, though. Um, first one comes in from Doug. I'm sure you've discussed how the linearity of the back game and its reputation, but I found a really smart approach designing an open world narrative game that was maligned because of how it pulled it off rather than the structured idea they went with. Uh, it goes on to compare this to Metal Gear Solid V, um, which we will not do here for Molly's sake. Someone who's yeah, sorry, I've only played here. two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, do you think there's something in the way the game focuses down its narrative progress progress as successful in approach to open world game design? I think it's great that you just once the plot happens, you don't get to road trip anymore. Yeah, like I understand they eventually put the dog in that takes you back to time where you can road trip. I I don't. I the first time I played, it, I didn't use it. Once I once chapter nine happened, I just finished the video game. Um, yeah, I I never used the time travel thing, so yeah. I forgot that it was in there. Yeah, um, because by then I was like really invested in like, oh, the time for fun is over. We're not on road trip anymore. We have to fucking save the world because it's getting darker earlier and earlier every day. Uh, this happens to every open world game. Is that there is a point where the story happens and I stop doing the side missions. Yeah, uh, the thing is they just made the video game that way. Yes, normally, normal like a GTA does not typically have this lineup with like what the plot is doing in the same way so tightly, right? Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. Um, Adam writes in lead up to Final Fantasy 15. Square Enix put out an anime intended to establish the game's party members and a feature length CG movie depicting important events to take place off screen. Neither of these are good, but nonetheless, which other Final Fantasy games, if any, would you like to see get the same treatment? Uh, do they have to, if, if by the same treatment, do you mean that they're going to be dog shit or, do, or can, can they be good? <laughs> they, okay. I'm going to establish my own criteria. They can be good. Um, they can be good. And they were probably, they're also like, it, it, they're not, they're not revisionist. They're like, not that they're like, they have existed at the time or whatever, but like, it's not modern square and it's going back and ruining them is what I guess I mean. I'm yeah. trying to think if I've played any final fantasy game, I would want this for, and I do not think so. Mine's the easy I, answer. I just uh, think that most of the time you get the information you need in the game and you're good to go. Uh, mine's nine. I want some Steiner and Vivi event. Like, I'm not as oh, hot sure. on nine generally as a lot of people, especially like the later stuff, but I like a lot of the characters in it. Uh, and I think that, like, here's what Kina was doing in the swamp and stuff. Like, I, I think that that game has actually a lot of. Oh, you mean that me. cartoon that they keep saying they keep, exists? The, yes, the, the French one that they keep pretending <laughs> they might be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, so this is caveat with like, I think that Advent Children ruins Final Fantasy seven on some level, but also everyone teams up and throws Cloud at Bahamut. And that's the sickest thing that's ever happened. I think Advent Children is like good as long as you don't think about any of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess more, I mean, what I want is like your nine answers really good, but I want just like more adventures of parties. Um, so like ovas like where's my fantasy 4 ova like where's cecil and rosa and everyone just going on an adventure you are describing final fantasy legend of the crystals well i didn't watch that yet because no one said it was good in my life so <laughs> that's five but that, that they did make one yeah. they made a sequel yeah, ova this, yes um don't touch eight it's my one <laughs> full of god whenever square <laughs> finally it. opens the chamber of meddling with final fantasy 8 i'm going to die they're supposedly touching 10, but they're not touching 8, as far as I can tell. Everyone makes it act like there's a 10 remake. Three, I don't know. All I know is that they're probably touching 10, but all the leaks are very unclear on what it's going to be. I don't even know if they know, because they've got to make part three of Remarth first. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Jacob writes in asking about uh, how do you approach games that have been significantly altered after release? Do you try to see the original revised both? Personally, I don't think the second time will hit in the same way, so I don't go out of my way to see something different to my first experience. For example, I've never gone back to see the Mass Effect 3 director's cut endings after the original endings. It depends when I'm coming to it. Like, if I'm yes. at, if I'm at launch, right, I just play what's at launch, obviously. I don't know what's well, coming later. If I had played Final Fantasy XV at launch, I probably would not have gone back to the Royal stuff until we decided we were going to cover it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing with 15 is the ending is so satisfying that, like, I thought I was going to be doing more post-game stuff, but, like, there is a power to a good ending that you're like, I like being done. I like that that was how it ended, because it was good. Yeah, yeah they put a bow on this one. They yeah. put a fucking bow on that one. I watched the empty chair, and then they looked at the photo, and their logo came down. I'm like, we're done. We don't and need And then it asks you if you'd more. like to make a clear save where the Noctis can go back in time and do a bunch of new side quests that I'm like... <laughs> Be like, like, no, that, that's okay. You I guys bet are the they're best, good side quests. I didn't yeah. do the Pityos dungeon. I would. I wanted to see the like platforming dungeon, uh, but I ended up just not doing it because it's fine. Um, yeah, it really depends. Like I, I like I've never played Day One Edition Final Fantasy 15. I'm not particularly interested in that because my love of it comes from when I played it three years ago, and it, it's just special to me. Like I could, like you know, I've I've looked up a couple things and forgotten half of what I looked up and whatever. Yeah. Um When I play a game new, if I'm playing like. You know, if I if I'm playing Resident Evil, that's I, I played Resident Evil first when I played the remake. So I guess it's not a good answer. But like I typically try to play the original version of something. Um, but more lately, more often lately, like for old games, like if I'm playing uh, like um, Valis three, I played a Valis three on the uh, Turbo CD and then I played Valis three on the Genesis uh, because both games came out close to each other and they were pretty different, like different levels and stuff. I just play both. Um, but that's more because I do this job, do this as like a job that I'm curious about. Um, I don't think there needs to be one answer. I think it kind of depends on the thing, right? Yeah, it depends on the thing. There are definitely some games where I'm like, I'm going to go find the original version, especially if it's like, like a remake that makes radical changes. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, the remake's fine. I'm, you know, I I don't need to go and say, Hey, when that Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D remake comes out, I will recommend that you play no other version of Dragon Quest, unless they fuck it up. That's the version I'm going to play. So I hope they don't fuck it up. Unless they make some massive mistake in that game, uh, that's yeah. just going to be the version of Dragon Quest 3 everyone plays, uh, and that'll be fine. At least, I assume so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it depends on the specifics of any any given game. But I'm definitely not like completely precious about it, as much as we tend to be release order sickos. Yeah. Um, also, why in God's name would you go back for the Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect 3 director's cut ending? <laughs> it's just not worth it. It's just not. Yeah, but if I played Mass Effect 3 now, I wouldn't like... If I had never played Mass Effect 3, I would just play the director's cut. I wouldn't think about it. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you played that at launch, like, why would you go back? Like, there's there's nothing there for you. I didn't play the Citadel DLC. I was like, well, I'm done with... But I never played a... I I played Mass Effect 3, and then I never played another Bioware game again. (laughs) Genuinely, I think that's how it went down for me. I didn't even play uh, Dragon Angel or um, Andromeda. Yeah. I was only did. uh, I only ended up playing Citadel because of Journal, but yeah. Well, yeah, you did the big revisit. It, like, hung over early in the mapping. Uh, and then thankfully you finally did it. And I was like, I never, never, not for me. Thank oh, you. No. even before journal did it, we never would have done it by now. No, but it was, it was a thing early on. We were like, well, maybe yeah. one day. And no, no, it sucks. So bad. Don't do it. It's not even interesting. It just sucks. Your podcast book up. Thank you. Yeah, no, I would hope so. Given how long we went on. about it. <laughs> 
Uh, Jacob does have a final thing. Uh, Pity Us Ruins platforming dungeon is one of my favorite things about 15, but after completing it, I immediately got in the car and tried to fly it as an airship for the first time. I crashed it while trying to land and died, sending me back to my last save from hours earlier just before entering the dungeon. Bro. <laughs> Rip. I'm so sorry, Rip. <laughs> yeah. I would have deleted the game in that moment. If that happened to me, I would not have <laughs> pressed on. I would still have deleted the video game. I've already completed it. It's over. It's fine. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hilver writes in, in the previous Final Fantasy episode, you espoused the view that Square should be naming and branding all their RPGs and similar games as Final Fantasy games. What is the most tenuous game you think should have been released as a Final Fantasy game? Now, I, we did not say all of them, but I understand why we, like, because like, I would not say you have to go rename all of Saga into Final Fantasy as much as you could. I would, because it I comes would do to, okay. M is saying all of them. <laughs> I'm slamming be- my hand on the buzzer and yelling Harvestella. <laughs> oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying more things like that, like the just original IPs they send at the fucking die. Because at least Saga now has its own identity, right? There are games yeah. that build up their own identity. Like, Nier doesn't need it. But there are games that they should have like, put out there that are like smaller games uh, that deserve people to care about them. And you could do the cheap thing of calling them Final Fantasy and making a few more people give a shit. And they just don't. Harvestella should have been called uh, Final Fantasy Farming or whatever. Uh, you put fucking selfie uh hanging out with riku in it and they're chilling that's uh final fantasy 10 2 riku uh not uh riku from kingdom hearts um einhander is my answer (laughs) can i tell you my favorite part of harvestella yeah yes there's a part where a guy makes a submarine and then you go to the bottom of the ocean and there is just an american flag down there oh sick yeah it's so good one of yeah. my one of my favorite of the six anime plots is this is the ruins of the old world. Yes, same. <laughs> I love it every time. It's so funny. Uh, all right, Dia uh, has two questions. Do you have a favorite rest stop, hotel, or camping ground? If so, where? Um, uh, I ended up spending so much time around the Vesper Pool, even though I hated it. I don't know why I spent so much time up there. But I did I spend did. a lot of time in the Vespa. I was doing the fishing in the Vespa. Oh, I was trying to catch that one fucking fish that only comes out at morning. Oh my god. Yeah, oh. I think that was what I was also doing, and then I gave up. I ended up not catching the fucking fish that came out there only at morning, but I do remember doing that. Um, yeah. Uh I think mine is probably just the Lestalem Hotel, because I think it's fun. I like meeting I- I- Iris there. I think Iris is a cool character. Yeah, Iris um, is great. I think like pulling up and then having to like run all the way through the city to get to the hotel is like feels so different to the rest of the game and is not annoying in the same way that the Golden Quay. Uh, oh, my God. The Golden, yes, the Golden Quay. So annoying. The fucking that bridge you have to run a man or the dock or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's really funny that the fast travel was that you can like fast travel out of the bridge, but not across the bridge because you no. can only fast travel back to the car. Um. The actual biggest update the game got is that now that it's on an Xbox Series S, it loads like that. Uh, so I can uh, it was pretty good on PS5. Yeah, I mean, just new consoles in general. Yeah, it, wor- it works pretty good. And then the second part of Dia's question uh, is your last meal. The menu is Ignis's cookbook. What do you eat? Cup noodles. <laughs> For your last meal... The Gladio <laughs> cup noodle. There have been many complaints about the product placement in this game, and I get it. It is fucking stupid, but it has a certain quality of like it's just 
too arch to be normal product placement product placement so it has to be like the square level of indulgent of like no we're gonna really sell people on the meaning of the fucking cup noodles and <laughs> here is your tragic fiance's like final resting gown made by Vivian Westwood <laughs> what's going on in this fucking video game uh yeah fair enough I'm fucking up this prime gorilla rib for real uh yeah so i'm of two minds one i think ignis uh makes some killer looking seafood and sushi dishes which are just my favorite foods in the world period yeah um but whenever it's like oh here's like a roasted behemoth or whatever um i'm like yeah. well, i want to eat the fantasy meat that i can't get uh normally i want to right, i, I need anime meat shit. right now yeah. yeah smoked behemoth let's go yeah um where's season where's- midgard sorber <laughs> There's no there's no cactar dish in here, unfortunately, but there should be a cactar dish in here. There should be a cactar dish in here. You're so yes. right. It would just be a whole cactar on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh nightmare. This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it would be awful. You would have to take first you gotta take all the pins off of it, and that's the hard part. Yeah. Um there's one about the themes of 10, 2 versus 15. I think we've already covered that one. Yep. Um, Zachary writes in, what's the best combination of two other numbered Final Fantasies that add up to 15? What is the worst combination? Um, the worst combination. Okay, well, there's a, the, the thing is, it can only go in certain directions, right? Yeah, there's only so many combos here. Um, so I think the best has to be 7 and 8, right? Like, is, there, is there any, can you, can you do better than 7 and 8? 5 and 10. Um... I guess that's true. I don't like five that much because I haven't even finished it. Every time I try, I get bored. Well, you're wrong. Five and ten. Um, I, like eight is really good, but like seven, I could kind of take or leave. I haven't you, really played. <laughs> you guys argue about Final Fantasy all you want. I've really only played eight forward. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the worst combination is three and twelve. Um, That's probably true. <laughs> Can you name me another worst combination? No, because like, you know, I, I, no, like what's there's, there's like, um, I think it just depends on how much of a 14 hater you're being that day. Oh, 14 and one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked like going through the world and doing quests in 14, which is, you know. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would not, I would not pick on any of the MMOs in this. I think that three is like not a very good game and 12 is a game that I kind of dislike for story reasons. And, uh, that's the easy answer for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick asks, if you had to send four characters from Final Fantasy on a road trip together, who's going in that vehicle? Ah, <sighs> okay. 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 Four from across the whole, the whole series. Yeah. Everything. Um, how ridiculous do we want to get so of course number one uh with the orcs we have jack garland oh yeah sure <laughs> yeah you gotta have jack uh uh second seat uh sitting to the side uh, leaning his head out the window we have vivi yes okay. i was i was gonna say vivi but vivi doesn't talk much so i don't know he's chill he's he's gonna be he's, i mean he's chilling but like you know um then who should we have in the back uh, we can take this in many ridiculous directions. I want a villain, but I'm like, is there any villain that's like cool enough to go on, on a journey like this? 
And other than Arden, Arden's the, Jack's already there being ridiculous, so I guess it doesn't, doesn't go in that direction. Uh, so I guess I'm going to say uh, uh, Yuna and uh, Rydia. Okay. Um, I think my four are going to be Jekt, uh, Alphanod, <laughs> um, Tifa, and, um, oh, there's so many choices. Um, hmm. Steiner. Yes, yeah, Steiner. Oh, yeah, Steiner. <laughs> Um, and then Rick has a follow-up question. You do not, these don't have to be related, but which Final Fantasy character most needs to get away from it and go on a road trip? It might hmm. be Steiner. <laughs> it might, might be Steiner. It might be Steiner. Um, <laughs> Jill Final Fantasy 16, Steiner I think. Smoked weed. I think Jill <laughs> needs to get the fuck away from the story of Final Fantasy 16. Well, that's true. Weed wouldn't work on Steiner. <laughs> is he too, is he, he can't, he's, he's too uptight. He's he too can't uptight. deal the weeds try to get in, but they can't. They can't it do it. Wouldn't work. Um, you're not gonna. I feel like if you hotbox a suit of armor, you could get him going. <laughs> I want to. I want to get Steiner Maybe. on that weed. I bet we could get Steiner to relax. He needs it so bad. Yeah. Um. This uh, email from Patrick is kind of long, but it's uh, if you had to put a non-optional hard platforming section to a game where you can jump, but it's not a platformer, what game would you put it in? Speaking about the Pityos Ruins, which is optional, to be fair. Um, this is such a hard... This doesn't happen. Like, there's not, like... <laughs> the thing is, this the reason this doesn't happen is that the games where you can jump and it's not a platformer usually just have a fucking terrible jump where I wouldn't yeah, it want would to be use bad. it for that. Well, you're just describing every Dark Souls game to me at this point. Well, they do oh, have God. platforming bits, though. They do have platforming levels. Yeah, I know. They have they're platforming levels without shit. the jumps. Um, so they're already on top of this. I'm really trying to think. Uh, Return of the Oberdeer. <laughs> Oh my god. You know what? You're right. You should be doing platforming in Return of the Everdin. That's so genius. You got it. I'd be stunting all over these masts. You can jump, but it's not a platformer. It's really hard. Um does Dumb Cry count? I, I I guess. I think so. Well it didn't make crime one already has platforming bits in. Yeah, it. Like, like I, I, I already know, know what but that like, looks they like. really f- get those out of the fr- franchise really quick, so but the specific thing of like the Pitious Ruins just like seem like it's a complete mod, like a mod team hack them in. Like they just don't yes. feel real. Uh, yeah. just doesn't happen. So it's a very hard thing to necessarily um, like drag up other examples of because it's so antithetical to how game development works. The way they made the Pitious Ruins is really interesting in that it was just a different team. Because um, most of 15 was a lot of different te- Like the whole had a very horizontal structure in a way they were like this is not how we make games in Square Enix because we are literally told what to do and he was like no we're never gonna get this game finished if that's the case everyone make your own fucking dungeon is <laughs> seemingly yeah. the way it went um, I'm trying to think I don't think I did that dungeon uh, it's, a, it's a post game one it's a post game yeah. one yeah okay so, I definitely you, didn't do it then uh, yeah. it's wild you should at least watch a video of it I've, I've like, seen bits of it yeah, maybe I'll do that after this yeah I've seen it but I haven't finished it myself because I also was finished the game I was like damn I'm done with that um, yeah 
But uh, yeah, I just games aren't really like produced this way, so I don't have a good good other answer. Um, all right, we've got a rapid fire, either or, basically, of a bunch of Final Fantasy stuff from Alex. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to read the ones I think are interesting. Okay. Uh, Cactar, Tonberry, or Bomb? Uh, Cactal. Uh, Tonberry, I think. Okay. Uh, Marlboro or Behemoth? Marlboro. Yeah, I also go Marlboro. I think I'm saying Behemoth. Moogle or Chocobo? <laughs> Chocobo? Moogle, Moogle, fuck! I don't know. That was hard. That was so rude. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna go Chocobo, but it is—it's really hard. That one's hard. <coughs> um, what's your favorite game's version of Chocobos? Normal ones, but like you know, cute guys, realistic guys. You know, I would prefer them be really cute. Is I want I want the alpha Chocobo from like Final Fantasy 14. That's the cutest guy. I don't know what that is. I just think of, I guess, like the PS1 Chocobos is normal Chocobos, but I guess 9 has slightly different ones, but seven, the 7 and 8 ones. Okay, even the 7 and 8 ones are very different. Are they different? Because you just go think to Windhill like, and they're like, they're herding them and, you know, they're like farm animals and they're like, you know, in 7 you're racing them and they're like super low poly and they don't have textures. It's just different vibes. Oh, I yeah, brought so you a picture of the creature. I'm looking at all these. These are more different. <laughs> that little guy. He's a little guy. Oh, that's cute. That's like Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon Chocobo. Yeah. I guess I just say so I guess I'm going with that. Seven's the one I just thought of as the default one, even though it just happened to be my first, so it's not. That's just me being, you know. Okay. I'm uh, partial to tens because of that cutscene where they're running the Chocobos on the beach. I always like mm-hmm. that. Um. This question, I'm going to take umbrage with. Summons, Eidolons, Espers, GFs, Aeons, or Astrals. Uh, they're all summons. Summons they're is the, the umbrella term. Yeah. They're, yes, they're all summons. When I think of these, like, I might go, oh, like, oh, these are the icons, but th- the icons are summons. It's just a, they pick a new name for summons. They're always Okay, summons. rephrasing the question. Which game is the coolest summons? Ooh. Because that's Ooh. what the question means. That's what the question is. Oh, uh, like. I thought it was about the term itself. Which term do you prefer? I, do, mm, I it, guess you don't know. It is it is very unclear what I assume that's here. like. Yeah, I don't know what I, I assume it's like because the Eidolons are. I mean, they're, they're thirteen. But I think also eight four. has my favorite summons, but I you never want to watch them more than once because they're so fucking long. Yeah, I just don't watch the summon animations more than one time, and they don't yeah. stick because of that. Um, I it, it it's got to be you're not ever going to beat the stupidity of thirteen. Yeah, it turns Shiva into a motorbike. The, I just the, don't care about the 13 summons that much. She turns loaded into a horse. It's fucking yeah, ridiculous. I don't really care. Uh, Shiva or Ifrit? Ifrit. Um, Shiva. Shiva. Yeah. Um, Flare or Holy or Comet or Ultima? Ultima. I go Comet. I don't know if I have played a Final Fantasy where I casted Comet or Ultima, to be honest. So um, I guess Flare? Okay. Fair enough. Um, Sid or Biggs and Wedge? Um, Biggs and Wedge. Biggs yeah. and Wedge. Yeah, Biggs and Wedge. I like Sid. I like a good Sid, right? But in this game, there's a bit where Aranea is like, "You're gonna take two of my men," and I'm like, "Biggs and Wedge, Biggs and Wedge, Biggs and Wedge." And she says, "Biggs and Wedge," and I'm like, "Yeah!" Yeah. <laughs> Which is not necessarily like Sid's too big to be that kind of like throwing a bone to fans type moments. Yeah. Yes. Um. All right, I think those are all the questions. I uh, best Final Fantasy logo actually. I'll ask that one. Oh, best oh, God, logo. I have no idea. Uh, 12s. 
I love the big. 12 is fucking crash. cool. Uh, yeah. Wish it was a cooler thing it was depicting. 12 yeah. is fucking cool. It might be 12s. It's so sick. And you're like, oh, that's just one of the fucking stupid ass judges. Ten's, uh, 10 is really cool too. 10's cool. 8's fucking cool. I love 8's. Uh, 8's uh, is great, yeah. I would say that uh, 7, 8, 10, and 12 are the the, the classic logos Yeah, to I me. think if I had to pick one, I would pick 10. Um, I mean, obviously, I really like the 15 logo, especially the new one that pops in at the end. Yes, yes. Well, it's also not fair. They're hitting you with that one. They're, hit, they're, they're fucking hitting you with that one. They're punching you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really like the redone, like the DS4 one. Uh, I like the DS4. Uh, the, like, big Golbez cape. Uh, yeah, that one's all right. Shame about the rest of it. What's wrong with the rest of it? Oh, you mean just the DS4? I'm just a hater for the DS4, yes. Yeah. Uh, Meep writes in, My question is about Jackson's Twitter thread praising the open world structure as an evolution of FF1 world map design. Um, not very familiar with older JRPGs, and I would love to hear more. Um, just the uh, FF1 is all about taking little... Uh like tents around right you take the tents you make a save point and from that save point you make the expedition until you're out of resources and you need to go back to resources so it has that like loop that is uh been evolved out of games because they're not like that strict resource wise uh and brings it in in like more uh friendly and, and less uh, like mean ways you're not like dying out there in the middle of the camps but it does have a like all right i make my camp i take my potions i prepare my spells because when i make a camp it resets my uh, uh spells in ff1 because they're on like a charge system here you do your own like fusing of spells in a different way but it has similar rhythms i guess is how i was saying that Mm -hmm. yeah um eden writes in if you could have a single dish made into the glossiest most beautiful jpeg on a coleman brand plate for ignis to place before you what dish do you pick and why Uh, I kind of feel like this is the same as Dia's question. It is not, because this of. is what food do you want to put into Final Fantasy 15? Oh, not into Final fi- Fantasy. I'm sorry, I had it backwards. My apologies. I would like Ignis and his, like, highbrow chef life perfect thing to make the greatest pub fish and chips of his life. I want him to show me how it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. There are some dishes that I would count as fish and chips, I think, in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um... Does Ignis make hamburger? I don't think he makes hamburger in this game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think he does. I want like a mid-century jello mold salad kind of thing. Oh, God. Like one of those awful nightmares. Yeah. No. Rendered in the in the <laughs> fucking engine, wobbling around. <laughs> uh, Ignis, make me an entire rotisserie chicken, please. <laughs> Um, six writes in, uh, realistically, six writes in mostly talking about feeling down about Final Fantasy seven or Final Fantasy, not seven, just Final Fantasy history, future being grim. What moves could Square make to get you optimistic about the future of Final Fantasy? I'd make a good game, make more of them for less money each. Yeah. Uh, I'd like a good game every, uh, 18 months, please. I would say every two years, but yes. Um, to be fair, they are mostly hitting that these days. Like, I like Stranger of Paradise. Uh, people like the 14 expansions. We don't like yeah. 16, but it's like, 
I don't know. I'm not. I guess I'm just not as down as everyone. My but only they're all my, really expensive. They're all. Really, my my thing is each game feels too big to me. I I need smaller yeah. games. Yeah. Yes. yes, I do want the like thirteen sequels to come back. Right, the like these are fucking made out of the cut up bones of something else because we can't spend this long making a video game. Yeah. Um. I don't. Yeah. I like. I grouse about Final Fantasy fourteen, but when that new expansion drops, I'll probably go back and play it. Yeah. Like uh, I still like those guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, Rurik writes in, which handheld console slash game are each of the boys bringing with them on the road trip? Uh, Prompto's a Pokemon kid. Absolutely. I was going to say, Prompto's GBA Micro. (laughs) You're crazy? Prompto's PSP all the way. Prompto's the most PSP guy of all time. No. He's not old. No, he's too young for for to be a Game Boy guy. No. You think he's fucking doing shiny hunting out there? Absolutely. I sure do. I sure yeah. do. I think he's looking for a shiny ponytail on eight different <laughs> Game Boys at the same time. Oh, he's running. He's running on a cycle. And he's seeing which yeah. one is going. Yeah. Yes. I think. I think he's really insecure about being like one of the not oldest, but definitely one of the old people at the Pokemon tournaments that Nintendo hold. Uh, I literally cry laughing when I think about the image of the adult Pokemon tournament yes. contestants. <laughs> 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 like Pokemon official in a lab coat sitting next to them. <laughs> it makes me feel a joy I can't describe. It's so funny. Oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> I think um I think Gladio has a trunk of manga. I don't think he plays video games. I think he loves really bad manga. Yeah, I think probably, he's got the Jiraiya right. thing where he's reading some fucking trashy like sex romance manga. <laughs> Jiraiya uh, Gladio is not a thing I'd ever considered before this <laughs> <laughs> Gladio's not reading fucking trashy sex romance manga in public. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. He's yeah, way he too. Uh, when they're out there, when that. they're not anywhere close to town, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think he is, but the image of it is so beautiful that I want him to. We got two uh, more people. Ignis is a gamer. I don't know. He he's doing anything. Uh, Noctis is like juggling six gotcha. But he won't spend any money on them. I mean, that's actually canon. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, yeah, I, w- I made Ignis drive while I was playing Grand Blue in the backseat. So, yes. <laughs> She's literally talking about Justice Force 5 at all times. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ignis doesn't, barely knows what video games are and definitely doesn't like them. Yeah, <laughs> Not Ignis just is- playing Grand Blue like, damn, it would be crazy if airships were real. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it is literally canon that we have Prompto and uh, Noctis Gaming, and then the other two are not really gamers. That's just like how they talk about the two fictional games in the in the game. And like, fucking Prompto does keep going on, being like, "Hey, uh, it's it's just like uh, King's Knight or whatever it's called." Uh, the, what we're doing now, I'm like, yes, we're, we're, it's like we're in Final Fantasy, Prompto. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Olivia writes in: If normal mapping were a Final Fantasy, which Final Fantasy would it be? What, is, what, what, what does this mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Like, cause we, we know, we already, everyone already know, like, the tens, I guess? They're the ones Stranger we like the Paradise. I mean, Stranger Paradise is probably the one. <laughs> um, if M is a true 15 fan, why are they not championing Monster of the Deep? Because it's a piece of shit VR game, and I don't have VR headsets, and I don't believe in having VR headsets. Easy. True. Um, and then Emrys, uh... When I think about it, a lot of Final Fantasy games are actually road trips with you and your friends wandering around the world. Sounds like 15 just makes that explicit. So what makes a good video game road trip for you? Um, you got to have the guys. You just got to have the guys and you got to have a lot of character interactions. Uh, you got to in, like, go cool places moments. also. That's really important. That's true. You got to go cool places. 
Yes. There's got to be an itinerary and some guys. Yeah. Have a destination. Uh, you have to feel people change as you go around the world. These are important things. Yes. Like the, there's a, like, it's nothing. You just go like the bit in, um, 15 where you lose your car and it's all foggy and you have to ride chocobos to the fucking, uh, lightning parts. Just losing your car is like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah, I was like, sucks. I was like, oh, the fuck's like, I'm fucking car. I need my car back. Oh my God. And it's like a 20 minute thing. Once you do it, right? Like I knew it was just yes. going to be a 20 minute thing this time. Yeah. But it is. Uh, you just do have that. I do think it's really funny whenever you get like an overhead drop of guy, like the magic tech guys will sometimes pull up on you while you're in your car and yeah. like the, the car will automatically stop. If you're on the chocobos, you could just keep fucking running. Just like, yes. whatever, man, you guys drop all your guys. I'm over here now. Yeah. Um, and that's it for questions. If you'd like to send questions, you can send them to abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com. They could be about anything, not just the game recovering. Um, Jackson, what's next month? Next month, we will be playing 007, Everything or Nothing, the 2004 uh, James Bond game. Let's go. That's fucking gaming. That's gaming. Uh, How are we going to be... What platform are we playing that on? We will be playing that... Officer on the GameCube. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're playing the Dolphin version, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're playing Dolphin, yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That's all I wanted to know. Um, we haven't actually I, had this conversation yet. I was like, is Dolphin the one we're going to do? Probably because it's the best emulator. That's probably the one I'm going to play on. Unless I, because I have an Xbox copy around somewhere, and, but I don't yeah. know if it's backwards compatible on my 360. Yeah. Because uh, I played well, it on checking, my original probably. Xbox. Yeah. So I might be playing on Xbox, but unclear 100%. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the, the Dolphin version is the best way to emulate it. It, it works seemingly very well um, yeah. and shouldn't have too many problems. Yeah. Uh, if there are problems, I guess and we'll have to emergency change it. But it seems like seems okay from the outside. So yeah, um, we don't know what February is, but of course March, remember, will be Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and then um, that's it. <laughs> well, you'll probably still be working in the thirteen mines after that, but I will I not be doing any. Intend to get the thirteen. <laughs> There's every chance that like February twenty fifth, <laughs> the thirteen episode drops, and it just get you know I, I get it out of my life before because I really really want to get it done by uh, uh by the time rebirth is out by rebirth time yeah because after rebirth I want to Final Fantasy detox it's enough to talk about this bullshit yeah oh, maybe just I time for them to start teasing try. new Kingdom Hearts stuff it just it hits a different part of my brain it's not the same thing okay I would like it to be Kingdom Hearts time again. Because we're not going to do Kingdom Hearts 4 for Game Club. I'll just come in and report back to no, you what stupid shit happens to Kingdom Hearts 4. I will not be playing Kingdom Hearts. That is correct, 100%. I'll be like, did you know Young Xehanort was in Scarlet Ad Kylum? I, I think I do. Is that not a thing we don't know? I assume that's I, I, meant, I meant Virum Rex. Sorry, I meant Virum oh, okay. Rex. No, I was <laughs> he was always in, Young Xehanort was always in Scarlet Ad <laughs> yeah, Kylum. Like, that's where he lives. That's, yeah, that was the boss <laughs> did you Did you know that Sora was on Destiny Islands? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I knew that one. <laughs> First of all, that is true of what I said, but also you did know all that, so I don't want to be expecting hearing any shit <laughs> about knowing too much bullshit about Kingdom Hearts today. Look, I don't even play the games, and I care too much about the darknesses, so I understand. I've, I've, I've also made what this is choice. darkness? We still don't really know. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's it. Molly, where can people find you? Uh, audioentropy.com, I need mayo.com. Uh, oh, right. I do a uh, <laughs> different podcast with Jackson that I did not mention at the beginning of this podcast. 
it might be coming um, back at some point. Soon, score might be coming back. Yeah, we we have we have a couple more things to do for that, but not very much. Uh, and well, also, it, Claudio may or may threatens. not release comics. Yeah, there's comics supposedly coming, but we don't. I've we paid forty five dollars for them, but I don't think I'll receive them ever. So we'll see what <laughs> happens. I, it's I've thrown the money into a wishing well. Right, uh, <laughs> it's in the pit. Maybe. We'll see if the pit gives me comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you, and then also, um, journal updated, like I said before, is the other game club. Uh, when you, yeah, like I said, when you hear this episode, Tacoma episode will almost be out. Uh, and then we're playing Bioshock 2 after that because it's been a while since we followed up on a series that we'd been playing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bioshock 2 is the best Bioshock, if you ask me. So I hope you enjoy it. It probably is. And then we're going to play Infinite at some point this year, too. So. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You just don't have to do it to yourself. Uh, I'll be fine. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, you'll we're, be mildly complaining annoyed. about the fucking ghost that takes eight thousand bullets to kill. We're playing uh, in... so many three sixty games this year, you guys. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, let me know when you play Eternal Sonata. Don't do that. Don't uh, I will kill. not be playing Eternal Sonata. <laughs> I tried to play that when it came out. I did not finish Eternal Sonata. Jackson, where people find you? Uh, you can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com uh, and on co-host. You can find the podcast we do at abnormalmapping.com. Oh, you, right. I guess like at your friend Molly, the Y-E-R on social media sites. I forget to say that. Oh, yeah. You should follow Molly. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. I'm also on Blue Sky at I think it's just EM being. Uh, if you'd like to support our podcast, you do that. Patreon at com slash normal mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project every Wednesday. We're currently watching Gundam 00. We're about to go into season two of that. And we're also watching Rose of Versailles. We're about halfway through that. Uh, for $5, you get uh, Blockbusters, where we watch a Hollywood movie every uh, month. Next month, we're watching The Fugitive, which I'm really excited about. Oh, uh, also, five do- yeah, also, five- also, at $5, you get me working through Final Fantasy Tactics, which I need to record this weekend. I don't know. It's Christmas. <laughs> I might just not do it's it. It's Christmas. I think everyone would forgive me if I just didn't do it. Um, And at $10, you get VoIP Life, where uh, we usually talk about some bullshit. Right now, it's about movies, but there's many game episodes. That's where Jackson has explained Kingdom Hearts to me at length multiple times, and we will continue to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, The upcoming episode will be about Final Fantasy XV's extra bullshit. That will be free. It'll be on the Patreon, but it'll be available to everybody. Uh, So please look forward to that. It's going to be really fucking stupid because all that shit sucks. Yeah, can't we wait to silent listen. it off. Silent it off so we weren't complaining about it here. We wanted to talk about the game that existed. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about a good game here, and then you guys can tell me about all the bad shit that happened around it later. Uh, one yeah. thing I didn't mention in the discussion uh, is that I think Titan in this game is one of the coolest things they've ever put in one of these games. It is very cool. That whole the, thing's pretty fucking cool. The whole bit where he's like t- clearly talking to you, but you can't understand him. It just causes you like headaches and visions is so sick. It's really sick. Just like I think putting in just like modern cities and highways and then there's this Atlas like figure holding up a fucking meteor uh, is it's just cool. It's just evocative and cool. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always very good. Um, That's everything. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Uh, You don't watch this. You listen to it. Um, I'm glad that we're nearly done with this Final Fantasy adventure. Not playing Final Fantasy adventure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's mana yeah I, I already played it it's really good though um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> see y'all next month goodbye goodbye bye